Well, welcome everybody to our successful options trader virtual holiday party. For those of you who are new, this is something we do. Uh, we've been doing every year for the last, I don't know, several years now. And it's where we get together. We talk to some of our successful options traders that we've had in the past. And we see how they're doing, what they've, you know, how have they done this year? What are they trading? What lessons have they learned? And what are they going to do to better their trading in 2020? So. Today, I think we have about five or six people we're talking to. We're talking to Bill, Chris, Dave, David, Yaroslav, Luis, Stephen, and Tano. We have three of these are recorded, and the rest of them are going to be live. So not sure how long this is going to be. It's probably going to be a couple hours with the amount of people that we have here. And if you, I think we may have some of these past sessions also on YouTube. So uh, you can certainly go ahead and uh, look for those on our YouTube channel. So oh, I have a special note from Santa. Uh, I need to add Mike S. Oh, okay. So we have another surprise person coming on uh, as well, who's going to be live. So and we may have people come in and out during the party here. And like I said, we may some, hear from some people we're not expecting to, or, you know, if you haven't noticed, maybe some people have to leave at certain times. So if anybody has any questions as we're going along, you can answer them, but our question is going to be limited because we have a lot of people and we'd like to get this done with within a couple hours. So that would be great. So we're going to first start here with Bill. He has been with us for a while. Hi, Bill. I'll actually let him tell himself, tell you about himself. Welcome, Bill. Happy holidays. John, hi. Season's greetings. I am based still in Malta, so you put me on first time six hours ahead, so it's past seven here. I've already got a beer in my hand. Um, I Ready to relax for the weekend and, and good to go, right? <laughs> completely, yes. Not lunchtime for, for me. I've got, I've got keeping one eye on the markets and, and one eye on Skype. So as it says there, I, I'm still based in Malta. I'm a, a part-time trader. I have been... Uh, running your option strategies. Um, wow, it, it doesn't. It's October 2015, so more than four years now. It, it doesn't seem like four years, but it is. And I, I work in wealth management, so I'm sort of in the financial industry, but you know, a, a very, very different from option trading. So uh, yeah, more than four yeah, years I, now, plugging away. That's fantastic. I, I don't think people realize how different it is, especially people who are new to trading, what we do compared to what the financial industry does. There is can yeah. be quite a difference, can't there? It's completely different. And, and, and some of my experience and training helps and some of it hinders because it, it, it tends to be longer term. And obviously what we're doing is a little bit shorter term. But yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. So four years without a single day, without an option position live. More than four years now. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So you've, wow. You've been, you're just constantly in the market then with your strategies. Yeah. I haven't had, I haven't had a day without a live trade since October. <laughs> All right. Well, good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, speaking of your live trades, what are you, what strategies did, have you been trading this year? Fairly traditional stuff. So in Russell, um, I moved between bull M3 bearish butterfly and M3U BWB. Mm -hmm. And in SPX, I just use BWE, B, and X4 version 22. Okay. Um, and, and by BWB, you mean broken wing butterfly? First. Sorry, broke, broken wing butterfly. But, and, 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 and it can vary between, you know, um, 50, you know, um, 
40, you know, 40, 60. So di different widths, wing widths. And I know that you call them, you know, uh, different things, but, but I just sort of work on the wing width. Well, sure. I mean, I think everybody takes these base strategies and I think as you become more successful, you kind of modify them to what you, uh, you know, to your own personality and what your opinions are maybe on the market at any point, right? Yeah. And interestingly, this year, the, there's been enough, um, uh, you know, in, in implied volatility premium in the market to actually be able to, to trade um, better broken wings this year than last year. So, um generally narrower with safer profiles compared to 2018. Yeah, 2018 was, I think, a challenging year for a lot of people. And I hopefully that 2009 was running a little bit better. How, how do you do in comparison to 2018? Yes, much better. Yeah, 2018 was, was reasonably grim, particularly in the second half or, or the last quarter. And I got about sort of half a dozen quick sort of lessons out of, of this year as compared to last year. The first thing is I think it's really important to be able to change your investment mindset and, and psychology quite quickly because I, I have to say it took me a while at the beginning of this year to get positive again on the markets after, you know, that was a pretty grim uh, Q4 2018. And because it took me a while to, to, to get positive on the markets, it meant that I didn't have enough bullish trades on in the first quarter and I had too many bearish trades on. Um, and if you look at the, the way the, the markets went, that wasn't right. I corrected it fairly quickly, but you've got to turn on a, you've got to be able to turn on a dime um, in terms of your psychology and investment mindset. You can't end the year depressed. And, and that was one mistake I made and, and I learned the lesson from that. I think that's huge. I think humans have a, a, a pretty big recency bias and you think the market's going down and you try and play things bearish and you get a little bit scared and sometimes you keep yourself out of some of the best times <laughs> in the market. Yes. Yeah, sadly that that's the case. I, I could have picked up some easy trades in the first quarter, but you know, it could have gone either way, but that that was one lesson and sort of out of that I began to use technical analysis a lot more. Um, to help me decide whether we should be going in or I should be entering a bullish trade or a bearish trade because I've got a menu of trades. There's not a shortage. I've got plenty. And I just tried to, uh, I started to use technical analysis a lot more, listen to what, what you said, um, did my own reading. And if I was even partially, you know, I wasn't confident. I just went neutral. I'd entered a neutral trade and then sort of went bearish or bullish as the life of the trade progressed. So that that's quite a, a big change for me over 2018. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I think that's very helpful in this market because some of the trends we've been getting have been insane as far as the length yeah. of time we've been going up and going down. Yeah, the, the, the movements are much, you know, they are quite big and, and that's difficult. And so therefore, you can't just do a straight date entry easily. But the other thing I, I've used a lot, and I know people have been using this for, for years, but, but particularly this year, I looked a lot at pricing. And mm -hmm. you know, if, the, if the pricing's not good, I, I, I don't fancy entering. I mean, I, I mean, I was looking today again at, you know, bearish butterfly entries for February. And yeah, the pricing's not brilliant at the moment compared to what it was a week ago. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I find that, you know, a good entry price generally means a good and a safe trade with margin in it. 
you know, in the sense that you've got a bit of scope for, for movement. But if you get a bad entry price, there's not a lot of room for margin. So, I, you know, for instance, I, I guess not many of us like the current environment where IV is so low at the moment. So pricing has a lot of influence now on me. Yeah, certainly. I think that makes a, uh, well, it's just another form of edge, right? And we'll get a little bit of edge in your entry pricing and it can help uh, certainly make the trade go a lot smoother. Yeah, and and from that pricing, um, and again, you've talked about this many times before, scaling up. So, you know, if pricing's good and IV's high, I'll double size the trade. If pricing's bad and IV's low, I'll, I'll either not do the trade or I'll do it small because I don't think it's worth the risk reward. So they all sort of lead into each other, really, don't they? Trade they really sizing. Do. Yeah, yeah, def definitely all lead into each other and, and it all comes together. So um, from what from what you've said here, uh, what new things do you plan to implement given what you've learned in 2019? Well, one of the things that, that I'd like to do more of is switching between trade styles. And, and you know, you are teaching this now you know, widely in, in all of the classes and the blogs, but it's, it's still, you know, to be able to switch from an M3 to a, you know, V32 to a, a bearish butterfly and then back to an M3 again, it, it takes a lot of practice, not just the, the, the back trading, but, but it does actually take a lot of practice in um, reality on a live trade with technical analysis. So that's one of the things that I, I'm not short on trades. It's moving between them correctly that I want to focus on. Next do, you, do you do? Let me ask you a question on that because this is interesting. Do you find that that's and and two? By the way, I'd like to mention. I think when Bill says a bullish trade versus a bearish trade versus a neutral trade, he's not talking about like buying a long asset. He's just he's talking about still higher probability trade. It's just a little bit more neutral or a little bit more bearish or a little bit more bullish. Would that be correct, Bill? Yeah, completely. So it, it could be a you know um, a, a symmetrical fifty point wide you know butterfly and I might be changing that to a 4050 or, or a 4060 or you know mm -hmm. moving it around and obviously you've got um, trade styles that fit that but knowing when to do that makes a tremendous difference in some of the environments and, and you've had some great examples um, I think it was the December X4 V22 that, that you, you, you went a lot more broken wing quite quickly and, and that was the correct move and I was quite late in doing that and December was, you know, wasn't a great trade because of it. it, it and that's right. part of the, the trading environment's harder, in, in my opinion, a little bit, bit, bit harder the, than when I originally started out, but so that we're we got to adapt and that's what I want to focus on. Now, do you find the adaptation more of a mental game or do you think, or do you think it's has actually has something to do with the technicals? A little bit of both, because you, you you enter a trade and you think, here's my trade. I know the rules. I know how to run this trade. I've got a fallback set of rules. And then you then you think to yourself, well, how do I know when to change to another set of rules? Is it a guess? You know, and it's not a guess. It's based upon technical analysis. But there is quite a lot of psychology to say, well, no, I'll just stay in what I've got because I, I know that I can manage this trade as an M3. I don't need to change the style. But on the other hand, in this environment, it might be a lot more beneficial to, to, to change the style. So I think it's a bit of both. I don't have a problem with the psychology of the trading, but but I, I, I'm not always there on the timing of it. Uh, and yeah, I think that takes practice. And 
that's that's think, next year's focus. Yeah, I think that I think you're on the right path there because it does take a ton of practice. It's one thing to look at a chart and not have a trade on and say, oh, I'm a little bit bullish or bearish. It's another thing to already have a trade into the place and then be able to switch your opinion, even though it doesn't match your trade. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, a lot to do that. All right, so that's fantastic. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I mean, um, a, a lot of uh, 2018 was was a worse year than than 2019. But I also, at the end of 2018, spent a lot of time uh, building up contingency rules and various crash drills, which actually were hardly looked at this year because this year was relatively benign. But I mm -hmm. think it's really important for some of the newer traders to spend the quiet periods actually building up their, their rules because a lot of destructive trading uh, behavior is the result of pain avoidance. And yes. when the pain comes along, you make some bad decisions, you lose the whole trade and you go, oh my God, I got away with a, a double max loss only. You know, avoiding those max losses is as much as anything else going to make you your returns. So I spent a lot of time building my my plans and drills and what I could fall back on in terms of rule set. I, I know that you have written hundreds of pages of rules for individual trades, and I've done the same myself now. So that when anything goes wrong, I've always got a set of rules to to fade back on, and generally, therefore. I don't get too many losses. So this year I had only one max loss out of 26 trades. Um, and yeah, that's what I personally am trying to achieve, as few max losses as, as possible as a result of the pain in 2018. That's fantastic. Yeah, that, that, so that's Writing like really rules cool. and sticking to those rules. Isn't it, Brett, I think it was Brett Steenberger that said, um, rules are not straight jackets, they free you up to be your best. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that point 100%. You, you, you can't, if you, you have to be able to take your knowledge in as a trader and say that this is what the rule is, but I know in this, in this instance, in this exact situation, this rule is not going to benefit me. So it's not meant to lock you into forcing yourself to lose, right? <laughs> but if you're under pressure, you've got something to fall back on. And the problem is when you're under pressure, you never think, you know, straight. So you've yeah. got a set of rules you fall back on and it reminds you, you know, we all think, oh, yeah, we can remember that. But you won't because, the, you know, I've noticed that, you know, we, we haven't had any really bad periods for a while since last year. And therefore, when it comes along, it'll catch you by surprise if you haven't already got, you know, a detailed spreadsheet to fall back on to go, right, this morning I need to read that before the market opens because this is going to be a tricky day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you 100%. We have our mind tends to shut down when we get in those situations, so it's definitely good to have yeah. that written down. Nice work, nice work, awesome. Is anything else? Any other pieces of advice? No, you that's good. I'm, on, I'm conscious of time. We need to get get through everyone. It's it's a great awesome. pleasure and 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 you know privilege to be invited on, and it's fun. You know, we all like to to share you know a few small ideas, and I'm on the blogs with everyone else when when the time comes. I notice the blogs have been quiet recently because the markets have been okay, but if we get a, a testy January February, I'm sure Skype will be full of questions. <laughs> it will pick up quite quickly. <laughs> that indeed it will. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Bill. Happy holidays or seasons greetings, as I should say. And, Lovely. Uh, and yes, and, and we look forward to having a fantastic new year. All right. Uh, uh, and you too, John, and Jerry as well. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Pleasure. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Let's go over to Luis, see if Luis is ready. Hello, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you, uh, John. How are you doing yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for coming on and joining us with our uh, with our party today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, you know, it uh, hasn't changed too much. I have been trading since uh, 2009. Uh, I uh, really started doing just like everybody else. I want to know everything and I want to be a master of everything. And I learned uh, the hard way that that is nearly impossible. That just distracts you from, from your goals and uh, takes you longer time to get to the realization that you're not going to do that. So try to focus and, you know, little you know, uh, years have gone by uh, before you realize that. So so that is how it started. Then I just lately, you know, lately as in the last uh, three, four years, I have been uh, more focused on doing uh, the what I call the three main strategies of, of option trades for income, which is the various butterfly, the M3 and the rock. And that's it, you know, I try to do them with uh, both of them, with the rock and the SPX. Um, and uh, as simple as that, I try not to to uh, divert myself too much of other strategies. I do quite a bit of, of directional trades, but that was something that I learned on my previous uh, uh, trading experiences to, that, that I feel comfortable with that. That is awesome. That's awesome. So you're still basically trading almost the same way you have been uh, through the time. And uh, have you learned any big lessons here in 2019? Uh, yes, well, the one thing that is really very deep, has been very different for me uh, this year is that, that I am doing um, what I call the M21 plus, you know, it is uh, uh, the 21 plus, plus. Really, oh, you gotta tell us what that is. <laughs> yeah, the, the plus The plus is, is really a, a little bit more of, of, of you know, the, 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 the 21 takes into consideration technical analysis, but then I came to the realization that it has to be my technical analysis, you know? Yes. I am, I, am, I am the one who is going to be doing the trade. It's not John Locke, it's not this other person on the TV of this other guru in this other side, you know, it's my technical analysis. So, so the, because of that, I have been comfortable with what type of indicators, what type of techniques I use, what type of targets, uh, uh, support, resistance, you name it, you know, it has to be my own, my own thing. Uh, so that was important. The other thing that it also became important for me is, is uh, for the M21 Plus was, uh, uh, what are the drivers of the market? You know, yes, we look at the charts, we look at that is, but they don't, they don't uh, function in a vacuum. They, they are really a reflection of, of what is happening on many other different things. And, and that goes somehow in hand with, with trying to understand fundamental analysis, you know, why things happen. Uh, but to, to give an example of the most obvious things, you know, is uh, uh, for instance, uh, we all know of the impact of the Fed decisions to increase or decrease the interest rate. That is an event that we know when it's going to happen in the sense that the, the dates in which the Fed make their announcement is well known, is a well known effect. And then uh, knowing that something is going to happen at that moment, just plan to be on, on the, either a defensive side of the proactive side or something that you don't get a surprise with whatever the decision is. That is one example. The other one is, uh, for instance, in the, in the sense of the fundamental analysis, you know, what is, what do I think, what, what uh, the things that I know that I think that are going to happen. And, and for instance, uh, from the get-go, 
uh, and, and I mean over a year ago, I, I identified China uh, or, or, or the, of the trade wars with China as a very important uh, event, a financial, economical, political event uh, that will affect the market, you know. And, and I knew that not necessarily because of the trading, but because of my previous professional life in which I had many uh, experiences uh, with, with business, businesses in China. So I knew how important that was and, and I, I formulated a hypothesis that it was the, uh, nothing, the mar this market is not going to take off until a, a, a trade deal with China is, is, is completely defined, you know. And I knew, and that is because, again, of my previous professional experience, I knew that um, intellectual property uh, um, protection is a very big, important element of, of these uh, uh, trade uh, agreements with China. So I knew that until that one doesn't come into realization, uh, whatever it is going to be one or, or, or agreement or not, you know, until we know that this, this agreement with China is going to get defined. So I, I, I use that information that I had for doing my trading. And I say, you know, this market is not going to take off. And, and, and it didn't, you know, it just, it just has been going slowly for surely. And that is lately uh, when it really has to take off in the last two months or so. But it also was a catalysis from, from the China agreement. So all those type of things is what I call the 21 plus, And I put that together with my strategies, you know, and don't try, don't try to really invent it too much on that. Now, um, the, the other thing that I have to say is that, that probably the rock, not so much the MTD, but the rock is the one strategy, the strategy that, that uh, places you to trade on the call side. And what I have found out is that very few people do trade on the call side. You know, uh, uh, in the M3, we do have, we have the in the money call in there, but very few other positions that, that take it advantage of uh, butterflies or any other type of spreads or, or, or strategies or, or uh, positions in the call side. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the volume, what you're saying, the volume and the call butterflies isn't all that high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is, is just just to trade on 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 the call side in general, you know, just oh, just in I general, see. you know. Okay. Just, just, just. So actually, putting butterflies higher than the market is unusual. Higher than the market and and be able yeah. just 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 to participate on on overall on on the call side and and things like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that is uh, unusual, but it, it's there are certainly good benefits to doing that, as you can see, right? <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, what would you say would be uh, maybe some successes that you've had this year? Well, you know, one of them was was uh, putting together what I just said. You know, being able to mm -hmm. formulate my posture. You know, okay, this is my posture, not not anybody else's, but mine. You know, this is what I'm going to be to what I think that is going to happen. And then just formulate, you know, what is what I think is the best, uh, the best method to trade on that particular uh, 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 a posture that I do have, and just right. execute that 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 in there, you know. And you said this earlier, and you said that, and I think this was a key point. I wanted to bring it back up again: is that you're relying on your own opinion of the market. Exactly. You're not relying yes. on my opinion or or CNN's opinion or anybody else's. You're 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 getting the confidence, you're building your own opinion. And I think really that's the only way you can truly trust yes. 
what you're doing. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And then, and then with, within that opinion, uh, 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 a sub-element of that is that you get to the realization that uh, you are going to lose trades, you know, and it's okay to lose them. You know, it's just that, hey, you know, I, I execute my, my, my strategy, I formulate that, I execute that, I didn't violate my rules, and I lost, that's okay. You know, that, that just happened. You're not going to win 100% of them, you know. And and that is that is also part of of, of what I what I really uh, you know understood on 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 what I was doing. Right. Yeah. Just because you're subjective doesn't mean you're going to win all the time. Exactly. And, and the fact that you don't win all the time if you're subjective doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I think a lot of people take it that way and then they kind of give up on it. And it's like, well, no, you're still. I think as traders, we have to get every edge that we can. And if you can get a little bit of an edge, even if you only win 2% more often, it's still better than not doing anything at all. Yes, yes. And, and see, see, when you lose, uh, you need not to get overwhelmed by that loss. You know, I mean, you are losing. Okay, yeah, I lost. But then go back, study your trade, identify exactly what the, what is the moment and, and in which you you lost the trade, you know, there is, there is, and there is typically, you know, it's 99% of the time you can identify that day on the market in which you lost the trade when you lost it, you know, and, and the opposite is also true. You can also identify, oh guys, this is the day in which this trade just became peachy for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So do you have some new things that you plan on implementing in 2020? Uh, yeah, I have. What I have been doing is, uh, I I think that everybody gravitates towards that, and it is well. I don't know if everybody, but uh, but uh, it is just to understanding a little bit more about uh, the pricing and how the the actual money drivers on the trades uh, are functioning on the on on the different trades that I do. You know, just just to really uh, to really see what a good price is, what a what. Um, a bad price is and what a good entry is and, and those type of things. You know, that is probably something that I want I want I want to do more and and be able to do uh, more opportunistic trades in the sense that opportunistic in the sense that that I will be place more money if I think that I have a higher probability of winning and or put less money if that probability is is less. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is that is that is one thing that I, I certainly well, that sounds great. That sounds great. Thanks. Now, is there one thing that, or something you'd like to, some piece of advice you'd like to impart on traders? Uh, yeah, you know, is is uh, you know, focus on 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 fewer things. You know, uh, uh, the more that you 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 want to understand to to learn, you know, it's the more difficult that is going to 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 be able to dominate them, to really to really master them. So just focus on, on, on a few ones, do a deep dive, you know, understand what makes them uh, win or lose, you know, then at the same time, identify your, your personal, you, you the trader, uh, your, your uh, psychological strengths and weaknesses. You know, we all do have that, you know, and, and on, on identify them, understand them, and use that to modulate uh, not only your emotions, but also your traits, you know, and, and we all are so different on managing uh, stress, success, uh, uh, you know, losses, things like that, 
you know, and, and we all react psychologically so differently. So the more that you can identify that for yourself, you know, the easier that is going to be for you to uh, to place yourself in, in, in a happy place. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have a saying here over the new in the U.S. Jack of all trades, master of none. So, mm -hmm. yes, <laughs> if you're trying to if you're trying to do too much, you know, you just it you don't get good at anything, and that's uh, so that's some really good advice you have there, Luis. Thanks. You're welcome. And uh, you have anything else? Uh, no, I would attest that I will be just just the essence of it. All right. Well, I, I thank you for participating. I greatly appreciate it. And that was some fantastic advice and uh, for our other traders. Lots of great uh, gems in there. And again, I wish you happy holidays and a fantastic new year. Thank you very much. Happy holidays to you, too. Thank you. Let's see if Dave is ready now. Dave, are I you am there? here. I am here, John. Ah, all right. Well, good, good, to, good to see you. Yeah, well, first, first off, Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas to you as well. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll get going from there. Uh, well, as far as uh, as far as this year is going, John, or I mean, because I think people probably kind of know me by now. <laughs> well, they may not, because we have we have this is open to the general public, so a lot of people may not know who you are. You are obviously oh, okay. uh, a, a mentor with a, with us here. You're one of our our mentors, and yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, as the uh, as the screen says here, I've been a uh, full time trader since about 2008. Um, uh, and through various uh, uh, mentoring, uh, last one being uh, yourself, John, for probably the last uh, eight years or so. Uh, before that was with a few other folks that uh, are not that uh, people tend to know in the, within the industry. And um, and strategies have kind of changed a little bit. I think uh, what's on the board uh, on the screen here, I'm not sure uh, how that exactly got up there, but uh, probably something I had told Sherry well, some time ago or something. Just so people know, what we what we have on the screen is the strategies the person was testing at the time, or the strategies they were using at the time they got their successful options trader hat, and this was back on back on October 31st. So things may have changed since then. Okay. Okay. Yep. Very good. Yeah, I think that the. Uh, um, yeah, I think so. So basically, I've been, uh, you know, like I said, as John said, a full-time trader since then. Uh, have been teaching uh, with with John and Stephen for, uh, you know, for I guess about the last five or six years um, within the lock uh, community, uh, which I've been very, very thankful for. It's been wonderful. Is trying to be able to, you know, pass on some things that I've learned over the over the years. Um, in addition to that, I, you know, prior to that, I had also. Uh, help my uh, a couple of my kids and my brother and uh, other family uh, relations with uh, getting involved with options and um, and I can honestly say to to this day they are all still involved um, and so that's that's kind of a testament to the I guess to the things that certainly that John has taught us over these years and so um, but yeah we just kind of continue on and um, you know continue every day for me is a learning day. And I try to, you know, figure out some way to be able to get up every day and learn something new and hopefully be able to pass that on to any of my uh, new students or, or old students or, you know, f family members who are trading. And, you know, it is a it is an opportunity to be able to kind of give back to the community and hopefully others can, you know, benefit in the things that have been 
um, you know, profitable for uh, for many of us for 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 some years. Obviously, obviously, it's you know every year is a little different. Uh, so some years, as we know, have been more challenging than others. But um, you know, for the most part, I'm a big believer in uh, what we do, and we'll can we'll continue to keep on doing it until somebody tells me I can't do it anymore. <laughs> That is fantastic. So, what type of strategies are you dealing with this year? Well, the um, you know historically, I had been primarily a, a, an M3 trader. Um, you know, that was kind of the, the genesis of a lot of the trading going back many many years. Um, and then, as, as time went on, um, you know, obviously market conditions change. Uh, you're able to, and as because of being a student and a teacher of all of the various principles, whether it be, well, all of the various strategies. I mean, you can go down the laundry list. There's so many now, you know, between SPX X4 strategies, you know, the 22, 17, uh, 14, um, the various um, uh, rut strategies that there are, you know, the V32, you know, M3, M3.4U, uh, bearish butterfly rock, you know, go down through the list. Uh, in one way or another, I have traded all of those over the years, and um, mostly, basically, you know, depending upon what the market conditions were, and um, not that I was switching from one to one wasn't working, so I'd switch to the other. No, it was more of uh, there was other kind of overall strategies that I had put into place to try to uh, to do it, and uh, many of those actually, depending upon you know my own personal financial uh, situation. And you know everyone's changes over time, and so you know I looked at it, and you know as we know the different things within the market changes, and we have to be able to be adaptable to that. Um, you know we just can't sit there and trade one set of rules and expect them to work forever, uh, as John always tells us about, and as I try to mention to folks as well. So you know I've what I've done probably over the last well, I'd say over the last few years is you know kind of on the on the sidelight i've been doing back testing and trade design and trade development basically with the help of john and what he's taught us over all these years and you know going to all the various conferences that we've gone to and you know i've tried to meld as john has always said to us is that you know we can take kind of a base trade or a base set of trades and you know if we become i guess i'm not sure what level you call it john maybe level three or four or five, I'm not sure, yeah, you know, to, try to, four. Yeah. to try to take those and then turn it into something that really, you know, fits with all of the various um, requirements that I, that I have. Um, so so that's what I've been doing and been doing about probably about nine years worth of, uh, well, the last nine years. Um, so from 2011 to current, probably of backtesting um, strategies and uh, these are kind of, I'll say, um, you know, I don't want to say new and improved, but they've been, you know, the genesis of it. Well, sure, it comes from everything that I've learned basically from from John over the last 10 years or whatever. So, but as as he always promotes us to try to go and take things on our own and, and but then go through and, you know, do your due diligence and do your testing and see if it works for you with with your own set of rules. And so that's pretty much what I've been doing. And, you know, mo most of it has been done to figure out ways to, you know, reduce risk, a little, be a little more hands off, be a little more sensitive, sensitive to, you know, volatility in the market and market, you know, reactions to that. Um, maybe. And so trying to take that all into account 
uh, as I think you do, John, and whether well, however you initially go with a, a trade design. And so I set that up and then went back and did the due diligence over the last nine years worth of testing and, you know, came up with something that has been working. Um, and so it's, there's no, there's no, you know, fancy, um, you know, we could probably, I don't know if we put, if we put all the, let's say we could probably see like, there's B, no B, fancy uh, name for it. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, you know, we could <laughs> BB rock F O M, uh, uh, M three, uh, F R route. I mean, you put them all together. I don't know what that, what that means, but, um, it's, uh, I'll uh, I'll probably come up with a with a name sometime, but the name is not really important. The point is is that it's it's a it's you know if you have something that works for you and you can be successful with it and it fits all of your needs, um, that's what I've been doing. And so you know that's what I've been uh, um, you know trying to take the years worth of of history and put it all into something that actually um, that works for me. Um, and actually, I've been trading that now for probably since, I don't know, maybe like around February. Um, so, um, and you know, as usual, been, you know, there's been slight modifications, but pretty, pretty much, or there's been times when I haven't necessarily gone exactly to my own rules, which we know how that works, right, John? <laughs> <laughs> we all know how that works, yeah. <laughs> and, and, of, and of course, usually when I, when I go and go do the, um, uh, the due diligence by going back and seeing how the trades would have done, of course, it always seems like you know if I would have just st stuck to my you know stuck to my rules, I pr probably would have done a little bit better. And so you know, say you know, so those are some some lessons also to be learned for the future, as usual. And we're still learning that you know uh, if I pass on to something to some of the other folks is you know if you come up with something you know stick to your uh, stick to your things that you've researched and you've done your work on. And even though you know sometimes you might look at current market situations you may you know change um, what I found out this year specifically I actually went back just just the, over the last couple of days because I knew we were going to be doing this and I I kind of wondered how what it would have turned out and and sure enough you know it would have been better if I would have kept a, you know my rule set <laughs> yeah well we well, I think I think that's a challenge that a lot of people go through is is following their rules when the trade's active. You know, one of the things that I like to do is I, I like to set out my rules. Be, in other words, my I have trading strategies and I trade, I would say, called rule-based discretionary, I think uh, was the way that another one of the traders put it. But I, what I can tell you is I know what I'm going to do Bef when I enter the trade, in other words, I'm not entering the trade and then just hoping things work out and then randomly switching things. I pretty much have already called out all the price points and everything. Helps keep the emotions out of it and helps me know when I when I need to switch things around. You know, so you know, we look at a trade and we say, well, if this information comes into the market, then that means something different to me, and now I'm going to switch rather than just putting it on and then waiting for information to come in and then deciding what it means later. I, in other words, I already know what this information means before it happens. And I think that's, uh, helps I think, you follow uh, your plan a little better. Yeah. I think, I think this year, if I look back at, and maybe it's longer than this year, but if I look back at times when things were going a little bit, um, <clears throat> astray, it, if I've charted it, it looks like it probably parallels when, there have been major, major market things that have affected the market where the market, you know, at a at a minute's notice had a, a huge uh, 
reaction that was very untechnically um, forecasted, if that's easy to say. Right. In other words, you so, had a news event. <laughs> so there was a news event. There was a news event that happened, you know, whether it be uh, China saying, hey, the tariffs are on. No, they're off. No, they're on. No, they're off, you know, or, you know, something mm -hmm. like that, that, you know, classically seemed like it was happening on a Sunday night when, you know, we couldn't react to it on a Monday morning. So, um, yeah. so you know, th those things happen. So it's been, you know, that th those, I'll be very honest, those have been, you know, challenging to say the least. And so I think some of the things of how to be able to, uh, so there, there were there were times when I kind of went off the plan based upon some of those huge market events that happened. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah. I, Which I'm not I sure I would change what I did because. <laughs> that happens, right, that happens. I'm, I'm not sure of, if I would change what, what I did. It's part of what they call life, right. Well, yeah, and I'm not sure if I would have changed my decision, but it was kind of interesting to go back to see if, you know, what would have happened if I would have just kept to my rules and, you know, more often than not, it was, it would have been better if I would have, you know, stuck to my st trading strategy. So, um, mm -hmm. but you know, that's, that's life. Yeah. You're usually almost better off, always better off doing what you said you were going to do when you weren't under pressure than trying to force something under pressure. So, yeah. And, and I would say if there was something that I was to mention to people about, you know, um, I guess your last question there, John, was about, you know, an offer is, you know, be really careful of your trading size, you know, and, and don't, you know, don't trade too big or trade, trade appropriately for your size and don't let your own <clears throat> either personal financial issues or personal issues affect how you are uh, trading your trade. So, you know, don't, um, you know, the one thing that I always look at when John is doing trades and especially even on the Monday morning things is as I've mentioned to many students is that hey you know if you take a look I say hey you know John's at a trade and he's only got maybe a few days left to go before expiration and you know he still hasn't re re reached his profit target and maybe a lot of people might be just saying hey let's just take the money and run uh, but many times it was no let's 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 go and learn and let's get right down to the point and see how it all works but but you've got to be able to do that. So in other words, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're worrying about where your next, you know, how to put food on the table or how to pay your mortgage payment this month, that can very much affect how you're trading your trade. Yeah. Scarcity actually costs you a lot of money most of the time. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you got to, you got to trade it with and just let, you got to let things work and uh, let the, cause the probabilities, as you always say, John, you know, the problem, these have, been thoroughly tested the probabilities over time work out there's no mm. the, the, there's no question of that the question right. is is in those in those inopportune moments you know do you let things affect you and and that affects then would be your total returns yeah so again we're back to the mental game <laughs> oh yeah and that's and that's and that's way more important than anything about a very specific you know like adjust here or or adjust then or when kind of thing you know yeah no i agree with you 100 percent. So, so yeah no that's awesome so, so what do you have any specific advice you'd want to give struggling or aspiring traders going forward well i think what i just said about trade size john that's what i was trying to answer that question oh okay no that's fantastic i didn't know if there was anything else because that is a uh, I think that's a fantastic topic that you bring out uh, that you you know, talked about with your with your trade size. It has to be. Um, yeah, because I think I think mentally, when you really sit back and think about it, mentally, it can force you to do things that 
you may have had your best intentions set out and you may have done you know exhausting research as far as back trading and trade design and done all this kind of stuff but if if you're trading too big and you can't it's almost like you get a trade on that you can't you, you put it on and you can't lose mm -hmm. guess what <laughs> you're you're setting yourself up to lose that is true that is 100% true because what happens? You become, like you were saying, focused on, on scarcity or having to pay your mortgage or whatever. And next thing you know, you are making adjustments, trying not to lose that $10 that you made yesterday. And well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah I, I sometimes I've used an example with students saying, hey, imagine if you were you know, the richest person in the world, which I don't know who that is today, you know. I don't know, Bezos or Gates or I'm not sure who it is, but imagine if you were that person and you were putting on a $50,000 M3 trade and you had two days to go before expiration and you weren't quite at expiration yet, but you still had time to go, knowing that in the next two days you could lose all and it hit max loss. Do you think those guys care? No, they're just going to let the trade go and they're going to use their strategies and just let it go until it is what it is. And it's that mental aspect that if you are different than that, then you're, you're, you're affecting how the strategy works. So, and, and your strategy could be different than somebody else's. You know, I might have rules and strategies of my own that's different than yours, John, or anybody else. So uh, point is, right. is that it's, it's whatever is in particular for that person you and, and, and that's an extreme and that's an extreme example but it tries to I try to get the point across that you can't let you got to try to let the trade work yeah and I think I think going to the extremes is always good and you know I do that an awful lot I always go to the extreme when we yeah when I wonder we where I got that from yeah, I know. When I have some sort of a concept, I always go to, to an extreme. And one of the things that everybody has to realize is that if you see an extremely profitable trader, if you want to be like that, you have to take the actions of that extremely profitable trader. And in order to take the actions, a certain action, you have to feel a certain way. So you have to have the same feelings of the successful trader. And then you, in order to feel a certain way, you have to think a certain way. So you have to have virtually the same thoughts of that successful trader. So when you're actually trading and you're looking at scarcity and you're worried about paying the mortgage and you're worried about um, all these things, it's gonna make you feel a certain way and you're gonna take different actions. So it's kind of weird that you actually have to feel the way, you actually have to feel successful before you can become successful. And uh, But that's just the way that it works and it works that way in every aspect and every area of life. You're not gonna get successful with those with that thought pattern. And, and, and soon, John, we'll have the, 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 the pants and the towels, the, the money pants and the money towels like you have, and we'll all feel better. <laughs> we'll all feel better. That's what we want. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So, awesome. Uh, any last words, Dave? You know, I just say everybody have a wonderful, ho wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas to all. Happy holidays, whatever is appropriate. Uh, and I just wish everyone a that they've if you've been, you know, if you've been trading well, continue. If you've been struggling, you know, hang in there. And if there's anything that you know we can help you with, either John or myself or Stephen or whatever, we are we are there for you. Thank you for saying that, Dave, because that is true. We are here. The purpose for us being here is to help you 
reach your goals with your trading and with your life. So, uh, and and we want you to ask questions. I ask people to ask questions constantly. So, you know, we're here to help. Take advantage of that. And thank you, Dave. You bet, John. And, thanks so much. Thank, thanks welcome. for thanks for being a, a great person within the community and continuing to share your thoughts on a daily basis because. Trust me, it has made an impact on many, many people's lives and, and very positive uh, contributions. And we do humbly very much, you know, uh, very thankful for that. Thank you. And I'm thankful for having all my students and also uh, both you and Stephen here and Sherry in the, in, you know, as part of the team because I'm very grateful for that. So thank you and have a great holiday season here and yeah, you know, we'll be talking. Okay, <laughs> thanks, John. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's see if Stephen is ready. Stephen, are you around? I am. Hi, John. Hi. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year and all that neat holiday stuff. Yes. <laughs> party is on. The party is on. So <laughs> Stephen is another one of our coaches. So Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, as far as uh, quick education background, I guess, is a finance undergrad, and then I got uh, went on and got my master's degree in business and did the corporate thing. So I uh, was in the corporate race, if you will, for a little bit and was prior, uh, prior to that, I was an entrepreneur and then gravitated towards trading, active trading back in 2007 started out in futures and then uh, evolved or transferred over into options and have been full-time trading since about 2013 and um, been following John and all his uh, teachings and principles since about 2014. And I've been to all of John's events, which which have been wonderful and uh, subsequently have become um, one of the coaches on the team. I am the uh, beginning options coach. For, so for any of you folks who are uh, needing of help have just started or uh, considering to start trading options, give me a call and we'll have, we can talk. I'm your man, as they say. You certainly are, my friend. So <laughs> <laughs> so what are the, some of the strategies and stuff that you tend to trade? Is, is it anything that you make up on your own? I think it may be. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I guess so. Um, that's actually you just raised kind of a thought, right? So um, I guess it depends on how you you define that, right? So there's people that go off and design their own trades. Well, let me back up. So I think it, I think of trades in terms of uh, mechanical or discretionary, sort of those two buckets, or or rules based and subjective, d- depending on how you want to characterize the two and you know, if you go design your own trade, that still may be a mechanical trade, right? It may be a rules-based trade. It's not necessarily subjective. And I'm going to dovetail in this this conversation into something later because my trading has definitely evolved from 2018 to 2019 where I was doing more of the X4 stuff along with the bearish butterfly and the M3, but I thought I was a subjective trader because that's what we all, well, not all of us, but a lot of us, uh, when we grow up, want to be subjective traders. But I really wasn't. I wasn't a subjective trader. I was taking rule, rules-based trades and 
leaning them with my adjustments or swapping from one to the other and then calling that subjective trading when it when it really wasn't. So my trading now has evolved to include a, a modified or a simplified version of the rock and really higher gamma trades. So I've kind of I kind of group my trades in those two buckets. What what's going to be sort of mechanical or something I do every month and then what's going to be sort of discretionary or opportunistic trades. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the evolution I've come from. Now within that, those trades may be completely rules-based once I enter the trade, but the subjectivity or the discretion largely comes from the decision to enter. And that could be anywhere from uh, you know, my technical analysis where I support it or a resistance or my implied volatility analysis or pricing. So mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's good to point out when we use subjectivity or discretion, it can come in many different forms and it can manifest itself in many forms. And we can also think that we're doing it when we're really not. And that can cause a problem because you're expecting different results. When in reality, you're just getting the mechanical results and that can create frustration. So I think for me, it was a realization of saying, being real honest and asking, you know, am I really evolving to the trader I wanna be? Am I really a subjective trader? Am I using, really using discretion? Um, mm -hmm. And so that that was a big leap, and I, I definitely uh, in the back half of this year can say that I, I've I've made that leap, and that's definitely the plan going forward. So I I, I haven't necessarily created my own trades, but mm -hmm. I think the way that I would frame it is to say that I always try to align my trades with what I see in the market. Just be in alignment. Right. Now. One of the things that you said, well, I think everybody wants to graduate to being more subjective or a subjective trader. And I would say there's probably a lot of people who on the webinar who says, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to follow rules. <laughs> yeah, and, there, and, and it might be appropriate for some, definitely. Right. Right. Uh, and it, well, it may, it may be appropriate <laughs> for some, but you have to have the proper expectations if you're going to do that. Right. Right. See, I had subject. That's a great point. I had subjective trader returns or performance expectations, but I was really mechanically trading. And so there was a huge disconnect and that can cause uh, uh, mindset issues, which can impact your trading further. So that that's that's not being in alignment, you know, with with your plan and what you're doing. And so um, it's easy to fall in that trap because I found that it can be difficult to to make that jump from a rules-based trader, in particular a flat T plus zero line trader, in some cases, to a truly subjective trader where you're depending on your own opinion, your own technical analysis, and your own implied volatility analysis. You know, sometimes you say, yeah, well, you know, I'm leaning my trade, my, my little two lot adjustment, my little vertical that I added, that makes me subjective, right? Well, you're kind of lying to yourself. You know, you're not really, you, you entered because it was 77 days or 56 days, which which you've always said in the past, there's nothing magical, that's just a starting point. So does it force you to really understand why I'm entering? Is this more advantageous? Am I creating edge? Am I being in alignment with the market? And so that's what I had to be honest with myself and finally say, you know, I kind of knew that in the back of my mind, but it, it's something that takes uh, jumping off into the deep end to really do. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about, when we talk about edge, 
you know, a, a lot of directional traders or hedge fund managers will will do all kinds of things just to create a little bit more edge, a little bit more edge. And I say, uh, you know, like you said, you enter 77 days to expiration or whatever days to expiration you enter, and you just do it arbitrarily by the date. There's, you may have right. edge in entering that day. You may be completely taking away a lot of edge by entering that day. So. Right. Being able to identify whether, you know, where or which day in particular in this specific situation has edge, that just adds edge to your strategy. And yep. when someone says, I want to be completely non-subjective, I say, well, why would somebody want to completely throw away a whole bunch of relevant information? Yeah. And as you've pointed out, which was a bit of a light bulb moment for me when you first said this, you said, Entering at 77 days because that's in the trade program is subjective, is subjective, but it's blindly subjective. Right. So you're really not, but to your point you just made, you're really not better off. So if you're going to be subjective anyway, why not incorporate, is this the best time to enter based on my opinion? Is the pricing advantageous or in my favor, like Bill mentioned earlier? Is there a crushing of uh, the T plus zero line that I've been watching the last two weeks? Is there a change in skew? You know, those are the kinds of questions you want to ask because like you said, if you're entering subjective in only, anyway, 77 days, you could have made the program where you enter at 80 days. Well, what's the difference? Nothing, three days, but there's no edge creation there. Mm -hmm. um, and I would I would say just to, to uh, add to, uh, this conversation about biggest lessons learned. Um, as you as you know, when you trade the rock, there are challenges with it's a, well, it's a higher gamma trade, but with that comes a lot more theta. And it, what I've found is that definitely stretches you as a trader and makes you forces you to really understand the trade. Um, and what I really landed on was. As long as I feel like I'm making quality, high probability decisions every day, where I've I've just done the best that I can with what I know today, then then I'm doing my job. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not taking undue risks. I'm not forcing the trade to do what it's not supposed to do. I'm not betting on what the news may or may not do uh, as well as how the market may react, right? Because if if we know the news tomorrow, that doesn't mean we can make a million dollars. The market may react completely different. They could cut rates tomorrow and the market tanks. Doesn't mean so trying to predict how things may or may not turn out is not part of really a high probability decision. So that that's something that I've really tried to incorporate and not go overboard with it. You know, it's just is that a high probability decision? Is it well thought out? Yes or no, go with it. Right, right. Because just because just because a trading strategy says to adjust at 50 delta or whatever, that may yeah. or may not be a good decision depending on other things that are going on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's there's been situations this year where let's say you're in an M3 and the DTE is getting low, and we've had we had earlier in the year we had pretty hostile environment, um, and you get below the shorts. Uh, this is actually a great example, but the T plus zero line to the downside was really flat, but you're below the shorts. You're supposed to roll back. And mm -hmm. if you get caught in that rote thinking, you know, it wouldn't, it wasn't nearly as advantageous to say, hey, you know, the market, my downside's already protected. IV is already elevated. 
I'm just going to stay right. with this position and not over adjust. That's a high, to me, that's what I would call a quality high probability decision. And then, of course, more often than not, the markets either get stagnant or pop up and you're much better off. And so you're not going to panic and over adjust just because this is what the rules say. You're taking into account what's the environment. Is this, if you know, if the market had gone down with that, the outcome, well, let me just say this. The outcome of an event does not define whether it was a good decision. Mm -hmm. The probability is the probability. So let me give you a quick example because I had this discussion with somebody this year. If you think back, uh, anybody that's a football fan, the Super Bowl, the Seattle Seahawks were playing the New England Patriots, and they were on the one-yard line, and it was going to be the last play of the game. And if they punch it in the end zone, they win the Super Bowl, the championship. And they have the best running back in the league. So everybody in the stadium figured that they're going to hand the ball off to the running back. Well, they decided to run a pass play, a very short pass play, which was a high probability play. They ran that play. It did not work. They lost the game. And so some, I asked somebody, I said, do you think that was a smart decision to pass the ball rather than run? And they said, well, obviously it was the wrong decision because they lost the game. And I said, absolutely not. It was an 80% probability that that pass would be completed and they'd win. And it, what, whether the outcome, the 20% happened to occur. In other words, the outcome does not dictate whether that was still a high probability decision. And I think that really kind of drove point, drove home the point that you don't look at the outcome to judge whether or not that was a, a, a good decision. Right. See so what they got to look at. Yeah, exactly. And what they got to look at is, if this happened 100 more times in the future and I did it 100 more times in the future, would I be better off making that decision or would I right. be better off making the other decision? Right. And, right. And I think so that, leads, yeah. that leads people that, – that leads the football team down the wrong path or it leads the trader down the wrong path if they're always looking at the result. I mean, Right. Don't, yeah. don't let the, just the result be the judge on whether that was a, a quality decision You know, because there's lots of times – where you've made uh, an adjustment or an entry and it didn't quite work out. And you say, but I'd do that every single time because I know it was a quality decision as opposed to crap, that didn't work. So I need to do the other way. And then you're just chasing your tail. Right. And that's when you know you're going to be a good fighter. You're going to be a good trader. You're going to be a good ball player or whatever is when yeah. you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, I mean, it was a little bit of a long answer, but I think those were the the lessons that that I have learned this year. Um, you know, becoming more discretionary, stretching, challenging myself with higher gamma trades, and then just always remembering to be in alignment with the market and make make quality, high probability decisions. Nice. Yeah, and I think just one other thing I'd like to mention is you and I just had a back and forth on Skype the other day, and yep. I just and I just talked about. Um, encouraging traders to make those high those high gamma trades to yes. at least with some of their accounts so that they helps them stay conditioned yes and expand their trading tolerance Ab absolutely um, yeah. and I'll expound on that and share because I, I was telling John sure. you know I said getting into those kinds of trades will amplify your mental weaknesses or challenges, however you want to put it. 
that you don't really realize are there. So if you have anxiety or fears that pop up, they're going to really get amplified in a trade like that. And that's good. You got to stretch the rubber band, right? You can do those trades in small size, like John is saying. But if you're trading just, you know, flat T plus literal line stuff, safe trades, you know, you say they fit your personality and that's great. But if you really want to stretch yourself as a trader and find out where your blind spots are from a mental standpoint, some of these higher gamma trades will help you discover those. Doesn't mean that you'll be, you know, necessarily become a, a high gamma trader, but it will help you to find those areas where you may have weak, hidden weaknesses that will come up one way or the other. Right. So, and one of the points that I, I was trying to make too <clears throat> when we were talking is that your comfort zone is always either expanding or contracting. So, if you, mm -hmm. in other words, if you, if you all, if you try to be risk averse all the time and you're always trying to yeah. not be uncomfortable, then what happens is if you had a big, if you picture that as that as a big circle around you, that circle gets smaller and smaller because every time you go to that level, the uncomfort zone is going to be closer and closer to you. So yeah. the circle is going to get smaller. And if you're always pushing your uncomfort level, the circle is always going to get bigger because what was once uncomfortable is going to become comfortable and then you can go to the next level. So with trading, if we translate that into trading, you know, I'm uncomfortable because the rock trade has too much gamma, it's too close to expiration. Okay, so I'm gonna go to an M3. So you go to an M3 and you're comfortable with that for a while because, heck, it's a lot calmer than the rock trade is. But then after a while, that starts to bother you. So you go to the next level and you mm -hmm. have to try, do flatter delta, and then you start taking smaller profit targets because you don't want to be in the in the trade too long. <laughs> and it just goes on and on and on. Next thing you know, like I said, you're in a space trip trade with a black swan hedge taking right. all kinds of crazy risk right. um, from a volatility standpoint, not making any money. Um, right. And and even at some point, even that becomes too risky for you. You know. So. Um, my, as Stephen was saying, we encourage you to trade the rock trade or trade some kind of high gamma trade that actually takes on some risk so you can trade your more neutral trades better. That's a really great point. Absolutely. And that's it. Like I said, it just it, it was like the it really opened my eyes up to all the possibilities, you know, not only from improving as a trader, um, sharpening the saw from the mindset standpoint, but performance. It's a damn good trade if you really understand it. You know, oh, so rock strategy is incredible. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just was really a, a winner on all kinds of, you know, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm trading the rock and, you know, it makes 100% a year and that's it. I mean, there were all these other ancillary benefits to it that I didn't realize, you know, it, it, it really helped, made me a better trader in so many other areas other than just outcome and performance, which we, we tend to focus on. So that's some fantastic lessons. Fantastic. So what do you plan to implement in 2020 to improve your trading? Yeah. So like I said before, you know, I, I, what I've tried to do is to divide my trading in the, into the two buck, buckets, which I think is a little bit of a theme of some some people here today. So, you know, what are the trades you're going to do every month? They may or may not be mechanical, but they're kind of like your bread and butter trades. And then your other bucket of trades are opportunity trades. You know, whether it's Super Bowl or maybe it's an M3 with uh, superior pricing or, you know, any other trade that has some sort of advantage. It's not something you're doing every month, but there's an opportunity in the market based on your my 
my view of the market, my technical analysis, or my analysis of the IV, mm -hmm. and and then incre and then gradually increase size, and then the, of of some of these trades. But I think more importantly, on the overlay to that, you know, besides dividing my my business into those two buckets, is simplification. Simplify. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I mentioned something like this to you is you don't have to have five different trades on to meet whatever monthly goal you have. In fact, I would say that that's probably more detrimental. It's more, you're, you're gonna get frazzled. Um, you're, it, I don't, I'm not necessarily convinced that it smooths the equity curve out because a lot of times you're in the same trades and they're all getting impacted. <laughs> right. Um, but if you, if you add some subjectivity and and use some opportunities to get in when things are advantageous. Well, let me give you an example. So the way I was trading before, and I think a lot of us were, you got three, four, five trades going, and then all of a sudden there's this great opportunity to get in. You don't have any dry powder. Mm -hmm. Your capital's all all already allocated, and you miss all all the great easy trades. So that's one thing. But to, but to also simplify those opportunity trades, which what which I will call no touch or low touch trades, for example, Super Bowl. Right. Uh, that's basically a no touch trade. Uh, I evaluate the the one day um, SPX Condor trade. That's kind of a low touch trade. Or maybe you take I might take another trade that I'll set it up where it doesn't require a lot of management. So you know I don't want to pile on all these trades that potentially require lots of maintenance. So I want to, because what I have found, you know, if somebody, I think I mentioned this to you, if someone were to trade, simply trade the Super Bowl last year and the Rock. Oh gosh. Allocated, yeah. Depending on how you allocated your capital, I don't think it would be incredibly hard to beat that. That's kind of an example of simplifying, right? So we don't need to do 22, 17 swaps, 34 height, you know, it's all these other things that make you feel good. You can kind of simplify your trading with a little bit of opportunity and a and something that you a trade that you really understand and you know how to implement in the right environments and and um that's a fantastic point. A lot of people do yeah. the strategy swapping things so that they never lose and that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, and I've done that. I've been there. I mean, you you know me. I mean, you've, you know my journey. I've I've done all these things. That's why I can speak to it with conviction. I've done and and not that those things are inherently bad. It's just that they don't necessarily line up with reality and expectations. And you can have a simple business plan that makes fantastic returns. You know, and you don't have to I guess my point here is, you know, you don't have to trade three or four different strategies. You know, at one point it was, I had this huge portfolio of strategies and it was just, you know, whatever the market's doing, that's what I'll trade. And it became kind of more complicated than I wanted it to be. It didn't necessarily mean it didn't work, but I think adding simplification helps you to make clearer decisions. And I go, I, I'm going to tie this back to stitch this back to the making quality, high probability decisions. When you simplify things, you put your put yourself in a position to to be have a calm mindset to make those good decisions. When you got mm -hmm. four or five trades and there's an oh shit moment in the uh, market going, you're probably not going to make 
all the best adjustments and you and I, and I can almost guarantee you're not going to get great execution. So you have to right. factor in those shadow costs, you know, say, is it worth it adding this complexity when I could really probably get the same or better returns by simplifying things if I really challenge myself? So that, that's where I'm wanting to go in 2020. I've, I've kind of set that path already. But, you know, it's going to be just a, a process of uh, slowly increasing size, seeing where I can simplify and continue to really execute when the opportunities are there. Because it's easy to talk yourself out of a good opportunity trade, right? The market's crashing down in support. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. The sky is falling. It's ending. I should get into a Super Bowl, but I want more confirmation. And then the market takes off. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't right. do it. I mean, it's easier said than done. And it's, it's you know, you, you just, you got to commit. Commit certainly to your opinion. Yep, certainly do. All great advice there. Awesome, Stephen. Uh, any last words? Um, you know, I, I would just say, you know, the last two years have been challenging. There's no doubt, regardless of probably what level your trader you are. Um, and I know you've said that the results kind of run the spectrum and it's all part of the process. That's probably the most learning anybody that's been through these last two years will ever go through. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's be other years where we, we continue to learn, but there was a whole lot of learnings packed in the last 24 months. And if you focus on the process and, and not the outcomes, I think you'll be on the right path. And the other thing I would say is just make sure when you're trading these trades, whatever it is, whether it's John's trade or anybody else's trade, that you're, you're not trading a trade. You're trading the market. You're taking the trade is an expression of your opinion of the market. And just to kind of uh, expound on that, I think we get sort of tunnel vision on a trade and I'm just trading this trade and, and the market's just this thing in the background. And I think we, we have to really flip that around. You're trading the mm -hmm. market, you're trading the SPX, you're trading the rut. What you choose to express your bet with is the trade. So right. understanding how that trade is going to react in the given market is more important than just I'm trading this trade exactly by the rules and trading this trade exactly how I back test I'm trading by the rules, which you need to do in the beginning. But if you want to evolve your trading, recognize that you're trading a market. You're not trading a trade. That's fantastic, fantastic uh, information. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you and ha happy holidays and uh, I hope everybody en enjoys the uh, the rest of the year and look forward to 2020. Successes to all. Success to all in 2020. Good way to end it. Thanks, Stephen. You bet. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Yeah, all right, let's talk to, let's see if David's available. Let's talk to David. David is here. David, are you there? I am here, John. Can you hear me? I can. My, I don't know if my audio is a little choppy or if it's if it was Stevens, but I guess I'll find out. <laughs> uh, I, I listened to all of Stevens' audio and it sounded good on my end. Okay, so it's probably me then. Okay, uh, and also I, before you get started, John, I I want to say, man, what a tough act to follow. Steven is an awesome, awesome guy, and he didn't really allude to this, but he is a monster good rock trader so i've learned a lot from him and so kudos to you steven appreciate it 
Yeah, Steven is here. That's why he's on the team. <laughs> Thanks, man. Back at you, bro. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, buddy. Awesome. So, David, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, first off, I just want to say, like, the last 24 hours have just been, like, super crazy. So, and it's it's very fitting that I'm now here with you. And so what I'll do is I'll back up about a day. And so the last, for this whole, whole week, I've been on the road. And for those who don't know me, I'm a, I'm a pilot. So that takes me away from my family and my home for sometimes three or four days at a time. But then the, the great part about that, even better than, you know, I do enjoy my job, but uh, like being at home better, it affords me a lot of uh, time off at home. So yesterday was my last day. We started the day uh, kind of late in El Paso, Texas, and started the, the night off about an hour and a half late. And so we flew from El Paso to Los Angeles and then uh, ended up being about an hour late there. So long story short, we left Los Angeles last night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern time and didn't uh, land in Chicago until after 3 a.m. Eastern, and I'm still not home, right? So that's Chicago, and I live in Indiana. So I made a quick walk over to one of my rental properties there next to the airport, uh, slept for about four and a half hours, and then back on the road again and just got in about... 45, 50 minutes ago. So now the party can, the, the party can start. Like there's not a, a better way to start my next, I, I've got a stretch of 11 days off. The holidays are upon us. And here I get to, to sit and chat with some of my, my good friends. So I appreciate the, the time and having me on here. It's awesome to have you here, David. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, and believe it or not, even uh, being busy, I prepared a little bit of a PowerPoint. So I, can I share my screen? Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, let me make you uh, make you a presenter. Trader Party 2019. David yes. is ready. All right, I am ready. And like I said, I'm not uh, too tech savvy, so PowerPoint, but it's very basic. I've got a, like a, a little bit of an Excel spreadsheet in here as well. So we'll just run with it. And I, I must tell everybody ahead of time, I looked at your questions, so I kind of answered them ahead of time. I'll kind of roll through this, but please interject, interrupt, and ask me questions as we go along. Will do. All right, so my background, for those that don't know, I'm a buy and hold investor from the early on, from the 90s. It was just my, and I've been working since I was 13 years old, the paper boy, from 13 to 18 and just odd jobs through through college and such. So I attribute that to my parents and instilling a, a hard work ethic in me and to save uh, my money as well. First learned about options in 2008. Uh, I was working with a guy who talked about how much money he was making in the downturn of late 08. And I called BS on it. He's like, no, no, it's options. And so that got me intrigued, went online, got some books, for the brand brand new traders out there or anyone who wants to brush up on the basics. One of the first books I, I bought was Options Theory and Trading, I think is the name of it, by Ron Iannieri. I'm sure it's probably still in print, but that was a great book for me when I first started out, kind of talking about, again, the theory and, and, and all kind of the nuts and bolts of it all. And so that first couple of years, just with books and a few webinars, a guy that I did some live webinars with is Alex Mendoza, super, super guy. I don't know if he's still around uh, teaching, but he had a, a website called Options ABC, I think it was, and that was a, a good one as well. 
And then, of course, I found you in 2013, John. I was just doing butterfly style trades at the time, looking online to kind of continue my education, found you, and then uh, I guess the rest is history, starting with... Yeah, I remember meeting, meeting at M21. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, I, talked, <laughs> I talked with you late in, in 13 before I purchased the courses that you had at the time and mm -hmm. got set up with the M3, uh, Bearish Butterfly, and Rock right away. And uh, like I said, I haven't looked back since. I've been to all your work workshops, just like Steven. And let's see if I can count them all. It was M21. Then it was uh, APM Squared in New Hampshire, Trading Triangle mm -hmm. in Maui. Boston, Ultimate Income Trader, and then of yep, course, yep. and uh, the most recent one here back in January, the Trader Transformation, and that one was special to me, John, because I was that was the first one I was able to bring my family along. So I brought my wife and kids. They got to meet you guys, and we spent some time, you know, with you guys at the hotel, and then we also spent time with my aunt who lives there in celebration and we did the whole Disney thing and such. So that, that was a memorable time. We, we really appreciate that. That's so awesome. I love it down there. We have, we have a good time as well. We brought Steven yeah. and uh, another student to uh, Epcot too. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Small world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, again, for the, for the new traders out there, I'm i I'm a, an example of, you don't have to, you know, quit your job and become a full-time tra trader to be successful at this. I've been trading options for several years now. I also, as I told you, have a full-time job, and I've got three kids under under seven. So it's 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 a busy kind of hectic life, but it certainly beats the alternative, right? So you just have to kind of make that balance between all your different, you know, as your well job. as as well yeah. as a uh, as well as a real estate investor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So your your real job, your your side hustles, and your family. You don't want to neglect any of them because they will go away, <laughs> whatever it is, if you if you neglect them. So you just have to have that balance. And this, now, now, John, this is where you're supposed to say, David, what what trading strategies have you traded this year? David, <laughs> what trading strategies have you traded oh, this well, year? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, John. Um, so. <laughs> I've done, you know, most of the the stuff that a lot of people here in the community know about the broken wing butterfly style trades, the M3 with the call, the M3U without the call, the Rhino uh, type trades. I've got X4 version 22 and version 14, and I've got there an asterisk by them. And the reason I have is because I started the year off with that, and I traded them last year as well, and just kind of found mediocre success, I would say. I didn't lose a lot, but I didn't win a lot either. And I, I think a lot of it is probably attributed to not using or um, owning uh, OptionNet Explorer. And I'm a longtime OptionView user. As much as it you know, has its quirks and, and hangups, uh, that's what I've gotten familiar with. And uh, I've gotten real familiar with the Russell and how that option chain works. And as you know, the SPX is, is a whole different animal. Now, that being said, uh, the, the X4 course is something that I do refer back to quite a bit. And so uh, for those that are listening, it's it, the X4 course is so uh, well put together. And it's not just a trade. It, I would say that's that's a, a probably a small part of it. I don't, don't know if you would agree with me or not, but... A lot of it is technical analysis, mindset, and, and such like that. 
Yeah, I always say that the that the three trading strategies in the X4 trading system is the is the are the least important aspects of the whole program. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, right? Because everybody's everybody's out there to get a damn trade that's going to work, uh, you right. know, month in and month out. But that's not always the always the case. And then I uh, I've, I've got the rock in there, and so I know this is a question later on in the core in the interview but that has been a turning point for me the the rock trade that's it's something that i started learning about back in 13 and i actually started trading it like right away within probably two months of of owning the program and found mm -hmm. fairly good success right away with it and traded it for quite a bit of time and then as you know there was a period of time of about a year year and a half or so where it never started in actual rock position it, you just never had the the entry test, so it always kind of started in M3. So at that point, it was kind of like, uh, I here I'm doing the rock, and more or less it's just going to be a, a 30 day M3 instead. And so other things kind of grabbed my attention, and I never I, I, I kind of fell away from the rock, which um, you mm -hmm. know for what it's worth, that's what happened. And then earlier this year, with some friends here in, in the group. Uh, got back in, got back on the saddle, and have just really enjoyed the both the learning process with the other guys I'm, I'm speaking with, and and just jumping back in, kind of head first. And uh, you know, let's let's toot, let's if you can't toot your own horn here, John, you, where can you? So the last couple well, of months. Well, you know what? Been, I agree. <laughs> the last <laughs> couple months, and I'm sure your website trades are the same. Very close, if not over. Uh, profit target, and it's, I'm not just saying that uh, to toot my horn, but I know at least four or five other guys that have had the exact same uh, results live trading, not not just paper trades or anything like that, but with their with their real money. So that's awesome. Fantastic, yeah, and I love to see it. I love to see this see the success. Yeah. So, but I w I don't want to spend time talking about that because that's not like the fun part of uh, what happened this year, uh, we get to the last one there and we have something called the car trade. So what the, what the heck is that? And so that, that's the kind of the fun story that I, that I want. So if you'll in, indulge me for a, a second, I'll, I'll talk about the car trade. The name kind of comes from one of our friends here in the group, Cindy Sarver, who had, do you remember, the party trade. The party trade, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so she had a, a, a money set aside to do a, a trade, and when she won, she could use the money for anything. The only stipulation, as I understand it, was that she had to spend all the money. So who wouldn't want to do that, right? Exactly, yep. Yeah, yep. so I, I uh, kind of uh, modified it and just called it the car trade. So backstory. Earlier this year, I had driven 2009 Honda Civic. It's a great car, never had to do anything except change the oil in it. And just like all our other cars, we buy them and just run the wheels off because we realize it's a depreciating asset, otherwise known as a liability, right? So you don't buy a car for it to gain in value. You know right away it's gonna depreciate. Well, I do a lot of driving, so I knew that it was time to get a car. And let's see, I think I, let's see, I, let me back up here. And so I decided I had saved up the money to purchase a car. I could go out and buy it with cash. And so I found out the one that I wanted and 
we went to the car dealership. I fully uh, was prepared to write a check for this car. And we got there, ironing out the details, and the salesman says, okay, we're gonna bring in Ralph from the finance department. I said, no, 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 um, I'm just, I'm prepared to write a check. Just let's, let's get this done. And he says, oh, well, you know, this is just part of our deal. We're gonna have him come in for two minutes and, and speak to you. And I, I was just gracious and said, sure, sure. But it's kind of like those timeshares, you know, you're gonna go in, <laughs> yeah. Gonna, yeah, you're gonna listen to him, you're gonna get your free dinner or whatever, and you're gonna say no. I've done that a million times as well. So I was, I was prepared. And so he came in, ran in our credit, and sure enough, wow, congratulations, you're one of 5% that get our lowest rate. Okay, great. Uh, what's, the, what's the total so I can write this check? So he says, no, it's, you, you got approved for 3.9%. And I'm, I'm still like, I'm ready to write this check. And then Jill, my wonderful wife, who's sitting right next to me says, huh. Jill is very direct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, she is. And she speaks her mind. So there's no filter there. She says, and, and uh, by the way, she's not an options trader, but she lives with an options trader. So she knows, she knows the routine. So she says something to the effect of 3.9%. Can't you make that per month trading options? And so I kind of look at her and give her a smile and then kind of think a little bit. And then I ask the uh, finance guy a couple more questions. And then long story short, I did end up just putting a down payment on the car and then taking the rest and putting it in, back in the trading account. And so the idea was for this, John, was to use this amount of money to generate just the interest, okay? So we're talking about over the life of the loan, it was like $1,800 of interest. And for people that know me, I, I don't pay interest. I don't pay late fees, none of that. I pay everything off. That's just how I was raised. But this was something different, it, and it was a bit of a challenge, on a little bit on Jill's part. So thanks to her for that. So I'm just going into it to see if I can generate a, a good return. And you could, how could you do that? Well, you do an M3, you can do a rock. Heck, you do a rock and you get a couple of full profit targets, you can buy the whole car again. But that's not, that's not the point. What I wanted is something what, that I considered safe, easy to manage. Yeah, I had the money already to buy the car. I didn't want to spend 30 minutes a day for the next several years to, to monitor this trade. So I came up with my version of your bull versus bear. Awesome. Yeah, so, and if correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people that you've taught this to, by the way, you've taught this for free for several years, and what, people don't do it because either, one, the, it's not active enough, or two, you're giving it away for free, so there's no value to it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But right. I'm here to tell you, so this is not necessarily just the bull, because I use the bear component as well, but it's, it's been tremendous for me. And you'll see on the next slide that, that I've kept some data. And it's a short, short set of rules here for, for um, short set of data for six months. But it's just very interesting. Sure. That sounds awesome. Let's take a yeah, look. So, yeah. So this is just a screenshot of, of the transactions over the last several months. And so I know that my car payment is fixed. And so I go into this bull versus bear that I've set my own rules. So 
it's even more simplistic, in my opinion, than, than your rule set, John, in, in that I keep it all in the same expiration. There's no rolling. I just go month to month and start, you know, long, long dated. And then when the next expiration gets to that, you know, days to entry or around that time frame, I exit and go right down into it. Now, the discretionary part is that I feel like I can be very discretional with this and that it might be tough to backtest, but I'll put the bull on maybe when the market goes down and I see support, maybe put the bear on first because I see we're at resistance. It doesn't always work, but you'll see in the results that it's worked fairly well for me. And so, you know, right when you buy a car, it takes about a month and a half before your first payment. I was able to get my first trade in and was able to make more than the first payment is worth. So that, that was kind of encouraging, right? So you, then you start thinking, wow, maybe this can just pay for the car. Well, I don't know if you can see my pointer or not, but you'll see yep, on the can. Yep. Yeah. So the, the second trade, John, look what happened. Bam. I got hit with a thousand dollar loss. Okay. Oh no. Yeah. Thousand dollar loss. So now I'm down money and guess what? I've got another payment due. So after I'm down money and I have a payment, I'm down $1,200. All right. So this is where mindset comes into play. And for those who are getting ready to trade or you're just beginning, like I can't stress enough how much mindset plays into trading. You can't just go by a set of rules because I'm here to tell you a ton of people and they're, they're good people, they, but they would still stop at that point. They'd say, oh my gosh, I've got this car payment that's due every month. I don't know where I'm getting that money from. I thought I was gonna make money on this trade and now I'm down 1200 bucks. That's where many people would stop or hop to a different strategy, am I right? You're absolutely right, my friend. <laughs> yeah, so, but I, because I was steadfast in this and wanted to prove a point, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I went with it. And just as we've talked about before, a lot of times when you get a loss in the market, it's that next trade that's gonna, that sets you up for success. And sure enough, it was. So the next trade, I, I made that loss back in a little bit more. Nice. Yeah. So as you can see over, uh, overall, I've had about six car payments and, and six trades. Trades. Yeah. And so within the first four months of trading this very simple, like 10 minute a week strategy, that's literally how much I, I'm, cause I think about it as I'm monitoring other trades. I don't, some days I don't even look at it because I know I'm within the tent or within my boundaries. Well, isn't, isn't uh, that what's so fantastic about the bull trade? You look at your, you look at the market and say, oh, the market's not down 50 points. I'm fine. Yeah. It's like you're showing the course. <laughs> it's like you're showing the course. You don't have to uh, back test this under normal, like regular back test. You don't have to go day to day on option view. Like you can look at this chart and say, well, I didn't get below, you know, 1350 on the Russell. So I ne it was never threatened. Right. And just go to the end and see how it worked out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. long story longer, um, within four the trades, I eclipsed the entire interest that I was going to pay on the car for the entire loan. So then I kind of thought, okay, well, let's just keep this ball rolling and see what happens. And like I said, it's just a short term. At the end of six months, you'll see that after all my car payments, I still have a $1,400 
surplus, which in essence is three more car payments. And so the total profit is $3,645 or 17% on your money. And that, I got to tell you, that's in six months. So annualized, that's 34. Mm -hmm. Not a bad return for a really simple trade. Fantastic. That looks fun. Yeah. I'll have to start my own car trade. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So what are some of the lessons that I've learned? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. So like we <laughs> talked about, a trade doesn't have to be complex to be successful. And I'll take that slow, boring income trade all year long, right? And it's not because of the amount of money it made. That's, that is not the significant part of it. This, I think the significant part is you know you've got your edge. You can trade it. It takes very little time. And that's 17% that's, uh, is nothing to, to sneeze at if, if I was to maybe take this and scale it up or, or a trader was able to scale this up. But with that, with scaling up, that also means you have to scale up your, your mental ability. And that's, that goes into the next one. You need to work on your mindset more than you think. And then you need to work on your mindset a little bit more. So go out there and read books like Mindset, like Grit, all fantastic books. And, and you just got to be in the right frame of mind and, and unemotional. Mark Douglas, I think is his name. He does, he's done a lot of uh, good stuff about mindset and trying to be emotionless about the market mm -hmm. participate in groups with other traders otherwise it's a it's a lonely business right so if, you, if you're just doing it all by yourself so there's lots of avenues you've got your skype group there's also slack which is a, a similar product uh, get together with other traders knock ideas off of each other and and also journal and there's a big section in apm squared that i refer back to for for journaling I'm good at journaling. I'm not great. So um, join the it, club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so what's new? What's new yeah, in 2020? What's, what's new in 2020? Let's yes. see. What are you going to do new? <laughs> All right. So uh, continue to dissect the nuances of the rock. So trading this every month has been a lot of fun. You get to know the market more. Uh, we're seeing some, some skews going forward that are abnormal in that uh, adding that, that, that upper butterfly instead of adding positive delta, it's, it's adding some negative delta, which is kind of strange. So mm -hmm. kind of taking that all into account into not only the rock trade, but any trade going forward, if you're getting uh, different vertical skews in the market, it's, it's time to, to, to kind of look more under the hood. And another thing I've been doing, John, is a shorter term rock trade. And I, it's kind of funny because in essence, the rock trade is a short term trade, it's 30 days. But for the last, say, four months or so, I've been doing, I've been live trading a 10 to 20 day rock. And I know you'll probably say that's crazy, David, but uh, it's actually been quite well. And, and it's kind of my, my M21-ish style trade. It, it's also mm -hmm. what I like to call my dealer's choice. So meaning I look at what the market's done the last couple weeks, and then I think about what the market might do in the next couple weeks, and then, and then base it off of that. So I never start in in an M3 position, I always start in a rock type position. It's either a, a half entered or it's a two thirds entered or it's a half entered with one, one rollback or it's a cat. Mm -hmm. And I know for the new guys that are in the room, they're like, <laughs> Let's say, what the hell's that? <laughs> I just blew their mind, but uh, it's a, like I said, it's a great trade and uh, having fun with it. So I can't talk about uh, options with also, without 
also talking about your whole portfolio. And anybody here who's an options trader knows that if you just focus on one thing, your options trades, you might be putting some other stuff in your blind spot. So th this whole game is, of money is to kind of set yourself up down the line to have enough money that eventually you're going to retire and have enough to do what you want to do. And so for me, that means continue diversifying into passive and semi-passive income. So I have my full-time job, which is active, uh, very active, but at some point you can't do that anymore. And so you then, as Robert Kiyosaki says, you buy assets that will generate cash flow or appreciation. And then the last is I want to teach my kids more about the stock market. As they get older, they still don't know necessarily what I'm doing. A good book, if you have young kids, is called The Opposite of Spoiled. And it teaches, teaches you as a parent how to teach your kids the value of money. We give them a, a small allowance every week, and they have three jars, spend, save, and give. And so we're, we're teaching them a, a, about money. And if they come into my office between 9.30 and 4, if I'm here during the day, hello, Sarah, I need you to uh, – Sarah just walked in. and There they are. <laughs> there they are. They are home from school. Um, nice. If they, come in, if they come into my office between 9.30 and 4, I will usually ha either have my screens up or my laptop up, and they see the, the very familiar toss screens and, and option view. And so I'll say, hey, what, uh, what's daddy got up here on the, the screen? And they're seeing the, the red and green arrows or the bars, and they say, oh, well, that's daddy's work. <laughs> that's daddy's <laughs> schedule. So they, they, they're not quite sure what that means yet. So I'd like to get them more involved. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, and in just a couple more minutes, I know I'm, I'm taking all your time, John. Definitely get your mind right, and great trading results come from a great mindset more than they come from a great trade. Uh, you need to write down why you want to trade, and you need to dig deeper than just for the money. If you say for the money, then say, well, why for the money? Well, I want freedom. Well, why do you want freedom? Well, that gives me security. Well, why do you want security? So you have to get to the root of You have to problem. chase the white rabbit, as I say. Down the hole, yes. Down the so hole, go down the hole, that, figure out what's going on there. <laughs> that leads to perfect practice and grit. You need to get good at the basic trading skills with constant repetition. So that means you're, get always do your synthetics, your fair value. Um, forget mid-price, that's, that's BS. Uh, you need to find the fair value on your own. You need to know if it's a high value or low value day. You need to get, at, get good at order execution, following your plan and patience. And then the last thing, is you wanted like a book or a website or something that has helped you out. There's a guy named Kerwin Ray, and the way I uh, describe him is the Australian Tony Robbins, and he's on Facebook and, and Twitter and YouTube, and he's got a lot of good, good stuff out there. And he's also a father to a young boy about the same age as our youngest, so he always has some videos and stuff like that. Yeah, and I can second with Kerwin. He's, he's, he's a great guy, so... Yes. And then last but not least, props to you and Sherry. So I, I knew you were a good dude, John, from the very first conversation. Uh, you spent a lot of time with me and never rushed me, asked me questions and answered all of mine. Uh, you both are most gracious at your live events. Sherry and I had several sessions with Financial Freedom Classroom where she helped us develop an income sheet, a net worth sheet and budget and stuff like that. 
I had, Jill and I had a mentoring session with both of you, which was awesome a couple years back. And then of course with mm -hmm. the pro community, I've been there a long time with you and have lots of content to study more. You put out a lot more than I can digest. <laughs> well, thank you for the kind comments. We really appreciate it, David. And, yeah. and we're very grateful to have you, you know, as you know, one of our friends. So thanks. You're very welcome, my friend. Very welcome. And so I have to jump in here for one second. I'm sorry. Hi, oh, and this is Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to say a couple things. I am so grateful that we were able to meet Jill too, and oh, I want to say you. bravo if you could share that with her because <laughs> I was laughing and clapping and and I, I just bravo to her and say hello. And, well, thank you. Uh, I will. What what kind of BMW did you get, and do you like it? I do. I do. Very much so. It's a 2016 428. Oh, I have to look that up because we used to own them. And actually, John used to work on them. We used to have a BMW shop. And oh, wow. So I miss mine. And I haven't had, we unfortunately had a total and the last one I had and we went to uh, something different. But I, I do miss my BMW. So enjoy the car and have a happy holiday. And please send my best to Jill and the, and the kids. I certainly will. They just walked in from school, so this this works out just fine. As I said, this is a wonderful way to to start my holiday season. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, David. And uh, like I said, have a great Christmas and New Year with your family. And we look forward to hearing from you next year. All right. Very good. Do I need to send this back to you, the screen? Uh, I can take it from you. Perfect. So I will do that. So thank you, David. All right. Merry Christmas to you both. Thanks, all. Merry Christmas. Let's talk to Mike, if we can talk to Mike. Let me see if I can get him on. And I hope everybody's enjoying themselves. I know this, this does go for a while, but uh, uh, the information here is priceless, and it's really great to get an idea of what a lot of very successful traders have been doing and the way they're thinking about the market and what they're planning for next year. I hey, see John. Mike's phone. Hey, Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. So one of the things, we have a picture here. Uh, Mike did not come to our <laughs> January event in Orlando, and I was very upset about that. And, you know, he said he was busy, and we ran into him here at Epcot <laughs> with his family <laughs> having a good time. So oh, I, I guess love that's, it. Was... I guess that's the reason why. <laughs> Yeah, that's my youngest son, Will. Uh, like David, I have uh, three kids under nine, so it's uh, it's pretty crazy right now. But it was great seeing you guys, and it, it was uh, yeah, it was just so awesome to see you. But I appreciate you uh, mentioning me and having me on. Man, David yeah, is no, a tough act to follow. <laughs> David's great, I'll tell you. He's done a great job. As I'm not you, only a great way. trader, just an incredible human being, incredibly gracious with his time. He's just a great guy. So as all you guys are. So really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm sure David is, uh, appreciates the comments as well. So can yeah, you give us so a, good. Yeah, I'll give you a brief update. So it's been a, a kind of a nutty two years. So um, I day traded for probably two years and decided, you know what, my portfolio is not big enough to, to support my family. So went back to work, I, I sell software and um, I trade on the side and to be honest with you, I, the last year has been really tough to trade because I just can't fully devote time to it. So I I do 
use technical indicators. I do trade opportunistically. Um, I'll trade the bearish butterfly. I'll trade, I'll trade a bull trade, but on the VIX, which is kind of different. It's a Super Bowl that, gosh, mm-hmm. I think it was Stephen that alluded to. But <clears throat> when I when I see the market getting toppy, I'll I'll sell a put in the VXX and I'll buy an upside call spread to take advantage of that. But for the most part, for for the trades that are lock style trades, it's bearish butterfly, it's uh, M3U. I, I did trade quite a bit in SPX, but I, I converted to to the Russell. And now that Thinkorswim has has changed their commission structure, I'm almost glad that I did because it's it's a lot cheaper to trade the rut than it is the SPX and exchange fees. But um, for the most part, again, just opportunistic. I'll trade the bull trade as well. I love the bull trade. It's it's really hard for me to put a bull trade on in this kind of melt up environment with the, the low volatility. I just don't feel like you're getting paid on it. But, you know, that's uh, in a nutshell what I've been up to the last year and a half, two years. Well, you know, that's fantastic. And, you know, and sometimes our personal life takes over a little bit and, you know, trading kind of has to go on the back burner from time to time. I even understand that with the, you know, one of the challenges I've been having is we did a lot of work in the business this year trying to reorganize and things like that. And I've had a little bit of trouble paying attention to trading myself. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even though we're talking about, even though I'm talking about trading every day and I'm doing a market update every week, and I have a good handle on the market. Sometimes I just don't have time to put on the trades. I wanted to put on a trade last night, and I looked at my watch, and it was 4:15. I said, "Well, I guess that trade's not getting on today." <laughs> so that definitely happens, doesn't it? No, I hear you. It's uh, it's just nuts. And and to be honest with you, work's been busy and, and in a really good way. So uh, you know, I I think like someone else may have mentioned, cash is a position and. It's just really, really, as this melt up happens, we all know how this is going to end. Now, is this going to be like, uh, is, are we in 98 approaching 2001 or are we, are we somewhere else with, with a, a, a more, I, I think what I just like doing is keeping the sharp, the, the saw sharp and waiting for just more advantageous volatility that makes the trades so much easier. And if there are newer traders out there that are listening to this, I mean, it's just uh, these trades, they do well, but they can go really wrong really fast in a 12 vol environment instead of a 16 or a 19 or a 22 vol environment. So that's all I would say for that. And and um, I'm more of a risk averse trader. So I, I don't like, you know, in a 12 vol environment, go out there and, you know, do the big uh, bearish butterfly trade or, or one of the other trades. So that's all I would have to well, say for that. There's something to be said for that. I mean, you're, like I said, you're a bit of a subjective trader. You like to know what's going on in the marketplace. Your work's pulling you away from that. And I think it's good that you recognize that, hey, we're in a, you know, we sell volat- implied volatility and we're hoping that basically it doesn't go up too much. And <laughs> it makes sense to maybe ratchet your size down in that type of environment if you're especially if you're not required to be in the market necessarily so that's right no and yeah. the m3 um you i think it's a perfect trade for that what you know as far as the risk reward goes in, in trading that in a smaller size but man i appreciate everything you guys do and and you know i'd recommend you to anyone who is on the call that is on the fence so 
Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that for sure. So did you, uh, do you, do you plan to continue on trading next year or maybe getting a little heavier into it or lightening up or what do you, what do you think? No, actually heavier. So uh, it's uh, uh, now that I'm, I've been with the company that I'm with for a, a year, I'm in a place where I'm a lot more comfortable with the travel schedule and, and everything going on that I think I can set this up and not in a fully automated fashion, but put those trades on that the adjustments, you know, the if then else kind of trades, if the market goes here, then make this adjustment. And I'd be comfortable getting on a three hour flight without, without having time to, to make those kind of small adjustments. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And it's just a way I understand now why you were, you were in a new job. So getting in a new job, you really have to focus on that for a while to get that going. And yeah, now that you're a little settled in there, you know, we certainly do have traders that trade that sleep during the day and we have traders that work during the day. And David's a good example of one of them. He's he's up in an airplane. There's not much he can do if the market goes crazy. Right. So there's yeah. certainly good ways to do it. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. So any advice you give to a struggling or aspiring trader? Oh, man, I wish there were a silver bullet thing that I would say, yeah, it's this. I think to david's point earlier having an or i think it was david having an opinion on the market and to not just be blindly doing things i've i've read a few people in the skype groups and stuff that have just tried to blindly start with the bearish butterfly and not really understand what's happening in the market and and <laughs> the strong trends that are that are underfoot and to just had the exact wrong trade at the exact wrong time. And I think volatility is the thing that smooths that out over time. Having high vol even makes a, a trade that you don't do 100% great on, you can win on those and uh, mm -hmm. because there's so much room in them. But when the vol gets tight and there's not a lot of profit to be made, one small mistake could blow up the whole trade. And and the worst is being in a low vol environment, you get the trade on, you make an adjustment and then vol rises and, and you have to fight that too. That, so having an opinion on the market, doing a little bit of technical analysis goes a really long way and just try to not to fight the trend. That's all fantastic advice. <laughs> all fantastic advice. Hey, are you going to go to Disney again this winter? I would love to. I, do you have an event going on down there? No, no, I don't. But I do plan on being down oh. there for a month. So, oh, for <laughs> if a you month. Were down there, Good I'd meet, for you. Yeah, yeah. If you were down there, I'd meet up with you. So. Oh no, I appreciate that. We're going to Miami, actually. Um, we're, we're, we'll be in Miami in March during school vacation. So close, but not. Yeah, still a couple hours away. Yeah, we'll be we'll be back here. We'll be back here in the cold, frozen tundra by then. So. <laughs> yeah, love New Hampshire. Yeah. Shout yeah, out to New I Hampshire. Yeah, I love it too, except except <laughs> for when it's six below zero. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, it was great talking to you, Mike. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And sharing Thanks, John. Your wisdom. I appreciate it too. All right. Happy and holidays to, to you Thanks, and your Sherry. family. Same to you. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye. Next, we're going to listen to. Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, John. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Okay. So, Chris, for people who are here, can you give us a, just a quick background about who you are and and so forth? Sure. Sure. I've uh, 
been with you guys, with John and your group uh, now for probably about three years or something like that. But I started trading uh, seriously in options in 2006, really going full-time and trading for a living. And I've been off and on on that. I've, I've done some other businesses in the meantime. But I've always been pretty much an income trader. And yeah, I just stick with it. Living in Florida and, you know, try to maintain as regular life as possible despite the option trading. <laughs> what part of uh, Florida are you in? Uh, St. Petersburg. So we're okay. on the Gulf. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds great. We're coming down to Florida for, um, we're going to be in the Orlando area for the end of January and into February. So. Okay. Yeah, well, we had that great trader transformation workshop last year in Orlando. I don't know if you have any plans to repeat that, but that was very successful. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'd like to do that again, but probably maybe, who knows, maybe towards the end of this year or something like that. Uh -huh. but, uh, but yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I think uh, we, we all had a great time, had, had some fun things to do, and, and Orlando's a great area. Yep, yep, and it's only an hour and a half drive for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, right, and that's, 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 a, that's a good part. It's a little longer than that for me, but... <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, so, you know, one of the things I like about talking with you, Chris, is that you have, you don't agree with everything we do all the time, and you also have some unique ways that you trade options that sometimes are a little bit different than some other people, and it's always good to bring in these different opinions and um, and see how you do. So what, straight, what trading strategies did you do this year, and, and how did you do? Okay. Well, it's it's been another interesting year. Um, I did better this year than last. If, if you remember last year, I was down about 10% in uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. This year, I'm I'm ahead of the game, but it it was mixed. Uh, the bearish butterfly. So I, I I one of the things I said last year I was going to reduce my scope of trades. I was doing mm -hmm. um, a number of different strategies, and several of them were overlapping. So I could have up to seven trades on at any given time. And I found that in these uh, you know crisis moments when volatility went wild. Uh, it was really tough to deal with and get the fill. So I, I sort of streamlined it, and I've settled in on um, V32 on SPX, which I back-tested, and I've been doing pretty regularly. Um, and the M3.4U, which um, you presented, uh, you know, just beginning of this year, and I, I really like that. That fits me very nicely. And I'm with the bearish butterfly still, but I've downsized that. It used to be by far my largest uh, strategy in terms of size, and I'm now mm -hmm. taking that down a notch. And so um, the, the first two have done uh, fine this year, not top performance, but uh, I guess, let's see, on the V32, I've averaged about 1.8% per trade. And on the M3.4U, I'm averaging about 1.6%, taking into account the overlapping. And right. uh, on the bearish butterfly, I took a loss. I'm down 0.7% uh, per trade. And it looks like that's probably going to be erased because I'm still in December, and today was not good news for me. So uh, I'm probably going to be flat on the year if I'm lucky on the bearish butterfly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, one of the things I think the last two years in general, 2018, 2019, they've been challenging years. We've had a, a lot of shifts in our volatility 
and it takes a little bit of time to get adapted to that sometimes I think yeah and and that's you know talking about lessons learned what I went back is I, I took a look at my um, what I would call my discretionary trading you know I'm not a great believer in um, market opinion and switching from one strategy to the other depending on my opinion and all that the bottom line is my opinion sucks it, it really <laughs> isn't any good um, and so for instance um, I went well what I've done is I've gone back and particularly on the v32 um, I've rerun them by the book in my back test for the year with the same you know start dates and times and and pricing and then you know tracked it against what I did in reality in reality I would have this sort of market opinion in the back of my mind and I'm talking midterm to long-term market opinions like this fall I've been kind of very cautious I've just expected something right. to go wrong and something pretty big and that didn't happen and um, I realized that uh, you know back back testing those months I was going to make 10 or 6 percent in reality I made 2 and 3 percent and that was right. all because of my long-term opinion so I'm kind of coming to the conclusion is I you know I my long-term opinion does not work for me I'm gonna stick to the rules I'm, I'm not bad when it comes to sort of intraday decision-making and uh, identifying a, a low for the day or a reversal or something like that I'm okay I'm okay with that but I'm not good at sitting back and looking at the macro situation and saying okay I think we're um, you know we reached a high we're going to pull back now or uh, there's a major risk of something going wrong and and I need to protect myself so that's really where I'm coming from I have to focus more on sticking to the book and not pretending like I know better that's yeah that's interesting because a lot of people actually have the opposite problem they're very challenged in the short term but in the longer term they're generally okay. I, I think it's just a matter of the way you think, uh, you know, people think in general, whether they have challenges one way or the other. And, you know, the other thing too is it takes practice. It takes a lot of practice to really get that down. It's not something that comes naturally to most people. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I watch your, your weekly sort of market report and I basically agree with you, but I still have my own little opinion lurking inside. And when you're going bullish saying, well, you know, technicals are really saying we're going to be bullish now. I'm still saying, ah, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to play it safe. So basically the V32 I'm running with, you know, lower positive deltas. So I'm somewhere between zero and, and slightly positive as opposed to, you know, following the, following the rule book. So I've, I've just decided I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, why, why go through the pain? Of having an opinion and having it be wrong if you've got a system that's proven and uh, it doesn't need an opinion to work. Yeah, well, like I said, the strategies in general, the, you know, over time, they're going to work well. So, I mean, you can certainly a trader can run with that, or they can, or they can do what you've been doing, and and you can even lean it a little bit, like you like you said, maybe be a little bit less positive delta and that type of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's great. So. So those are some of the lessons I guess you learned in 2019 about yourself, and I think trading is a really big uh, exercise in learning about yourself. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Always learning more, more than you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, yeah, right. 
So, so you, I mean, you know, they say we learn sometimes, and sometimes we, sometimes we win, and sometimes we learn, and sometimes we win and learn. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you have any key turning points this year with uh, realizations or? Um, well, I. Uh... What's kind of new, you know, I, I was trading the 90, which was basically a very high probability uh, weekly vertical, which was either, you know, a win or lose proposition. Um, and whereas in backtesting, that didn't have a losing year for seven or eight years when I tested it. Well, of course, the year I started trading it, it was a loser. And I, I even went back and I backtested it. And it was a loser in back test as well, so it wasn't only my execution. Um, but this weekly concept has really been eating on me. So I, I went back to the drawing board, and I'm now doing a uh, broken wing butterfly weekly, so eight days to expiration. Mm -hmm. And it's basically no adjustments. You put it on. You have your rules for taking it off. And um, it, it has actually not only performed superbly in back test, but I traded it since, what, July this year, mm -hmm. and per week, I'm averaging 3.1%, and I'm going, wow, this is wild. Now, this is an intraday strategy. You, you, know, you have a stop loss on it, and you got to catch it when it hits, so you can't wait until check time at 3.30 in the afternoon. Right. Yep. You, you got to be on top of it. That's the downside, and I, you can't work with the contingent orders because they'll fire off whenever they want to. Um, they'll, there'll be yeah. prices out there which you don't even see, which will you know trigger it, and particularly on a complex uh, trade like a butterfly, um, they weren't working at all. So it's literally you you got to watch it. But the upside is that um, sometimes you're at, well, a lot of the time, about 40% of the time, you're out after one day. And right. so you don't, you're not stuck all week watching the screen most of the time, but, um, well, not most of the time, but, but a good deal of the time. Uh, but you can, you know, have, have a couple of days off before the next round comes up. And so I'm, I'm liking that. I'm, I'm nervous about upsizing it. And so that's going to be my challenge going forward is how to deal with the intraday element and to upsize it. But, um, it, over, over the last, uh, seven years it's it's been producing you know 50 60 percent per year no losses so let's keep our fingers crossed that i don't have another bum year <laughs> when i upsize <laughs> well it's, you know, it's fantastic it's been doing well i think it's one of the things that we have to realize though is that whatever strategy we have certain things can happen with volatility certain things happen with market movement that invalidate that strategy for a period of time and you know we can back test something like you said, you back tested your 90 for a really long time, and it performed really well. And then market conditions changed. I think the bull trade too. I think that took two losses. It's going to. It took a loss this year, and it took a loss last year. So that's two years in a row that it took losses. And I mean, they weren't huge, but we've never seen that in history either. So mm -hmm. you know, we're in, you know, we're in changing type of environments and the interesting thing is you know we remember that Super Bowl trade I did I present that at Trader Transformation I think I did I it, it started there and then I think you took it a step further yeah right right so that trades performed fantastically this year I mean it's like mm -hmm. 340 percent or something like that now, of course you can't trade it full size on your account because of the I mean when you take a loss you lose everything but mm -hmm. uh, 
fantastic, fantastic returns um, on that this year. And and, yeah, and it's interesting because that's it's, that's also almost kind of a binary trade, right? Yeah, I mean, you're very close to win losses are next to each other, literally, um, and yep. and those seem to be working. Yeah, yeah, five points can make a difference, and you know it's, it's just because we've had the volatile market this year. I mean, it'll, actually, it's back tested really well. Also, it's back tested through time. It's back tested really well. I don't mm -hmm. think it's had a losing year in back tests either. And the good part about it like that is you don't have to watch it. So it's almost the opposite of what you're doing. You're doing you know, intraday. And I think that that maybe works well for you because you said you can kind of, you feel comfortable looking at stuff intraday and, you know, some people don't. So if you're looking, if you feel comfortable yeah. with that, that's fantastic. And you just you let it run, you know. And and my employment is basically option trading. So I don't have to, you know, run off and do something else all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly if you can watch the market, there is uh, something to be said for that. You know, a lot of the stuff we do, we let go all day. Part of that reason is a lot of people don't want to look at stuff all day. But yeah, if you're there to monitor the market, then the short-term stuff can be can be pretty profitable. So that's awesome. And and I can even do it from my cell phone too. So I just set up the uh, closing trade on Toss and have it sitting in the background at a you know a, a price that doesn't fill. And then I can just check in, and if I'm at the gym or something, I just see if if my stop loss is getting close or whatever. Um, I can I can actually fire off the order right there on the spot and be out. So it's nice. it's really only stopping out, which is which is the critical thing. That's why you got to watch it. Yeah, yeah. And what was I? I was just back testing a um, just a one day naked straddle. And if you watch that intraday and you don't let your losses get down too far, that is also the same thing. You can you can go in and since it's naked, you got or you you don't have to do it naked either. You can you can buy stuff that's like 50 cents a lot of times. You know, you just one day from expiration and on the weeklies you 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 let it go. I've tested it both ways, completely ignoring the losses. In other words, letting it take a total loss and doing it intraday. And both ways, it kind of works out fairly well most of the time. I mean, you get these periods where you have, you know, you have consistently every day between Thursday and Friday, you have really big moves where you're going to take some multiple losses. But, you know, over time, most of the time, it works out. Most of the time, the options are priced in a way where um, where you can make some money. And it actually does decently. And I, and I think doing what you do by maybe, you know, watching it, because your risk is you go overnight. No, you don't go overnight. You're all intraday, right? No, no, no. It's 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 an eight days to expiration trade. Oh, okay. And I'm watching it uh, for a stop loss somewhere during that trade, and then I have uh, target prices which I'm I'm shooting for per day as we move along the schedule. The beauty of the broken okay. wing butterfly is if if you know you get up into the safe zone up above, and then you have a pullback, a serious pullback, you can make some serious money if you get back into the tent in those last few days. Right, right. So, so you're only, yeah, you're only, you're only. I guess the down. Every strategy has upsides and downsides, right? So you're only downsides if you get down near a stopout point, and then you have a gap down overnight or something like that. That can, right. that can give you a big right. loss. Some, sometimes you have a much bigger loss than you uh, want to have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, have you tried not stop lossing it and seeing how? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in the beginning, I kind of played through very various variations and I realized that the 
the loss amount that you took was key to the success of the strategy mm -hmm. uh, because the big I, basically it's a $25,000 downside risk strategy okay. and my stop loss is about $1,000 on it. Oh, and wow. My, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You my, can't, yeah, you, you can't yeah. let that one go. Yeah. Right. And, and my upside, if you're in, you know, the safe zone on the expiration line is 1500 to $2,500. So there's a nice risk reward there. You know, the chances you're going to get to the upside and get into the safe zone of maybe let's call it 2000 is pretty good. It's about the same probability as you're going to hit your thousand dollar downside. Right. Um, it might take two days or three days to get up, up above, but you know you take your loss immediately on one day, on the downside. But you maintain that ratio, and then you get uh, home runs every once in a while when you land in the tent, you know, on day three or day four of the the thing, um, and in all it all works out. But if those losses, uh, you know, grow beyond two thousand, it ruins mm -hmm. the whole strategy. Right. So you definitely have to be on top of that. Yep. Yeah. No, that's that, that's good to know, right? That's good good part of your strategy to know, and that's I think the important thing though is that you have the times where you actually can can have these big wins. If you, if there's times when you're going to have one of the challenges I think with a lot of people's strategies is they don't allow themselves to get big wins. So when those losses come or if they get an abnormally large loss, it's hard to make up. Where I think it's a little easier if you can at least allow yourself a little bit of winning time. Yeah, yeah, that gives you some confidence that uh, there's a big one out there waiting for me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now, did uh, Trade of Transformation, did that uh, get you inspired to do the weeklies? Um, well, you know, I went into that with the weekly uh, addiction. So, yeah. you know, the 90, I, I, I had that prior to that. So I've, I've always been looking at, I, I you know, I, Adjusting kind of drives me crazy, and I say, why bother adjusting if really ad adjustments are just a whole nother trade? All you're doing is just putting one trade on top of the other, and that's yeah. what I like about weeklies is it's on and it's off, and there's no adjusting, and you're at the tail end of the expiration cycle, so you, you bring in a whole different level of decay and risk, right. of course. Mm -hmm. um, I'm finding that's kind of my wheelhouse. That's where I feel good. Um, trader transformation. What that did for me um, was a lot on psychology, and I've been following your your trading performance, you know, series now. And I'm reading awesome. your books, and I'm trying to, you know, bone up on that. I'm I'm still got a lot of demons to deal with. So um, as we I all think, do. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all about. But um, I that that's really good stuff that you're you're preaching there, and so hoping that I'll awesome. take on some of that. Well, I'm, I'm glad you found it helpful. That's awesome. Awesome. So, all right. So you've been a pro member for, I guess, for a long time now. And has that, how's that, the community helped or supported you? Um, it's just good knowing the community is there. And I, I do kind of follow the Skype. Um, and a few of the guys from the uh, Trader Transformation Workshop and I got together and formed kind of an off off Skype group for ourselves uh, where we nice. kind of trade off and on. So we have our own little trading group. It's been a little bit inactive recently, but it, it comes on and off. And um, yeah, I, I would feel, you know, somehow naked if I didn't have you as a backup, but I'm not very active. I do watch you, your stuff every week and stay on top of it. But um, yeah, that's and, awesome. And just, Good. Yeah, and, and listen, listening to you and, and the exchanges you have, 
um, you know, it makes me check my own assumptions and, and my own actions and you provide kind of a benchmark for me to work against. So that's the way I'm, I'm using the community. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I think what, the other thing that's awesome is with the live events, we usually have little people, groups of people that get together and they and they continue on and, and support each other going forward. So I think mm -hmm. that's fantastic as well. So, all right, I guess I will let you go. I thank you for coming on and sharing your experience with us. And, you know, I really appreciate it. It's, it's, well, it's always good to hear from you. Well, thanks so much for everything you're doing for us and keep it up and, and enjoy the party next week. <laughs> yes, we will do that, and uh, and have a have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, or Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate, and we'll see you soon. Okay, John, thanks so much. Same to you and Sherry. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay, so that was Chris All. Uh, you know, one of the things I love about Chris is he has a lot of unique trading points of view, and I love it when people come in with their unique points of view with their trading because that allows us to bring in new ideas into our strategies and do new things and, uh, and do better overall. So our next trader here is, is Yaroslav. He was actually our first successful options trader back in 2015. He's still trading today. He is moderating the SMB Options Tribe Skype group, for those of you who are Options Tribe members. And Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Yaroslav. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to John and Sherry. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. So, well, welcome. So, what I'd like you to do, please, maybe is give you a quick background about yourself. And I and I understand you have some slides. So, uh, why don't I make you presenter, and then you can just share your slides and go from there. Does that sound good? Thank you, John. Yes, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone, especially to you, John and Sherry. Thank you very much for inviting me to this uh, to this party. Uh, I prepared some slides which I like to go through. Welcome to jump in and ask questions, whatever whatever you want. Okay, it's your it's your party. I'm just a guest here. <laughs> That's okay. We're all here to have a good time. So yeah. uh, Before I start, I'd like to say hello, world. This is my. Christmas card to you. Uh, John, you have built a, a terrific community of traders who are all from over the world. And I'm, I'm sure that the representation is rec or the recording of it will be viewed in New Zealand, Singapore, Germany, United States, because I personally work with those traders coming from these countries. Over a year ago, together, uh, we have started a small trading group uh, with some of the best traders from Lock, Lock option community as is David. You probably know David Heisen, yeah? Yes. Marco, Marco, Marco from Germany, Jason from Singapore, Michal from Slovakia and, and United States, and Brian from New Zealand. So you have built a terrific community. I'd like to thank you for this, uh, for this work you do. Great traders and great people. So about myself, everybody who, who knows me knows me, but there's probably millions of people who who have no idea who I am. So just want to say quick about me. I am the proud owner of John Locke, successful option trader head, which I received about four years ago now. I think I was one of the first one who received that from you. The part is, is that was a long time ago. You're still trading. You're involved in some great trading groups. And not only have you been you know, working with our strategies, you've come up with stuff on your own, and you're also moderating with SMB, right? Yeah. So on yes, I'm very involved uh, so much with SMB. So very involved. That's awesome. And you're helping people. Yeah. That's great. So basically, I'm part-time trader. I'm rule-based discussionary trader. I know we 
and if you say rule-based, so is it discretionary or the rules-based? I have rules, but 90% is the discretionary, discretionary approach to trading. I have rules for market, but right. I discretion uh, how I tackle and my I trades. And I think it's important to have rules for your strategy and what you're doing. And I also think it's very good to be a little bit discretionary as far as, um, you know, you can't expect one set of rules to apply to all conditions necessarily. So it's good yeah. if you have other information to bring it in. I think that's a, that's kind of, that's what makes people successful. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm only trying one index, uh, S&P 500. Uh, I don't, mm -hmm. this is all I focus on. But I don't try SPY, SPY or SPX. I am in the futures market. I tried ES futures and I also tried underlying asset. Of, so I am futures so market basically. Yeah, futures ES rather. Futures, you try ES, tra ES futures options and the ES futures contracts? Yes, both. I'm combining these together. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, and the, the style of uh, I do is it's a kind of a portfolio portfolio management trading style. It's similar to M21, as everybody who's in your community knows what M21 is. So this is my trading style. Right. So it's like applying the M21 concepts into your own type of trading structures, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, I'll go this. Uh, Next slide, where, where very briefly, I want to introduce those structures. This is the what I call it a holding structure. I've got initiation structure, holding structure. Uh, I have a hedging structure. I have also what I call a power play. But this one, what you see right here, this is the holding structure. Basically, mm -hmm. you, you can think about as a rhino, as an M3. Uh, it's got components yeah. of a rock, a bit of everything. Basically, okay. it's the put side and call side uh, broken butterflies. Here on the right, I don't know if you see my cursor. I do. Yeah, it, it's more it's more bullish bullish. But basically it's a put, call, butterflies and underline in in, in, in that. Okay. So Right, so it's kinda of like M three concept where you have some put yeah. butterflies, you have some of the asset, which you know we yeah. call deep in the money long call so instead yeah. of that you have the asset and then you have you do some the uh, little broken wing butterfly up front which is more like a rhino concept so yeah. a little bit of m3 yeah. a little bit of rhino looks good yeah. yeah yeah and what i do i just just changing these little little things this is more bullishly positioned with a low vegas for example if if the volatility is very low uh, i tend to be a little bit easier on, on how much vega i take Mm -hmm. This one in the middle has got more Vega, it's more neutral. This is basically where I want to take advantage of volatility. Okay. And here is more, a little bit bearish. And there is very slight variation bet between uh, all these trees. And it allows me basically manipulate my position into the market conditions. Yeah, so do you, so just a curious, so you kind of go in, you're kind of neutral, slightly bullish on your T plus zero line, but bearish on your uh, expiration line. Depends. I, I Actually, I modify, what, what I'm trying, trying is the T plus zero line. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really focus on the expiration structures. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I change, you know, but this is just, this is just only the holding structure. This is the, the basic, the, this is the strategy base, basics. Right, and then you'll change that as the market moves around. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I take some sometimes uh, for the purposes I don't have upside risks and I protect myself with the futures. Basically I take the future which is long, the underlying asset is long, mm -hmm. I might put stop uh, in, in an inflection area or some important uh, if support breaks mm -hmm. and everything will then basically bearish. And I, because of my location, I live in Australia, most of the hours the market is open, I'm sleeping. So this is one of the reasons why I'm trading futures, so I can have greater flexibility for managing the trade. position. You can trade when you're awake. Times. Yeah, you can trade when you're awake. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to get up before the market closes, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, very often I try uh, just half an hour before market opens. Mm -hmm. Or even the last 15 minutes after market closes, so I got, you know, it, it works for me this way, and I'm making decisions during day, you know, when I'm awake, <laughs> before I, I make decisions like 3 a.m., you know, and when I was half asleep and it didn't work for me, so this is the reason why I'm trying futures. That's good, yeah. So you modify it to your situation. I think that's fantastic, and we all should yeah. do that. Well, and um, I'm very thankful to all your strategies you are teaching me or you have in past. Uh, all your work you do for this trading community is fantastic and just want to say thank you. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome and thank thank you for uh, for coming on. You know, what successes or what were the biggest lessons that maybe you learned in 2019? Because one of the things is it's been a very challenging market environment for a lot of strategies this year and last year. So did you learn anything in the 2019 you'd like to share? Yeah. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, the biggest two lessons for me were deleveraging and flexibility. Uh, what I have done, I absolutely cut down on size because mm -hmm. I start myself with, with this premise. I allow myself to do whatever I want, however I want. If I have to break the rules, I'm going to break the rules under one condition. I have to make it work. Whatever I do has to work. And I give myself this flexibility. And second conditions was don't lose money. So make it work, don't lose money. So flexibility, I just allow myself to do whatever I want, however I want, and not lose money was controlled by basically deleveraging right. my uh, my trading. So if okay. I was if I'm comfortable losing five hundred dollars, I went ten times lower. Well, I mean I deleveraged ten times. So if I'm down fifty dollars, I'm only down a little bit. This, this is, I don't count it as loss. I'm just just drawing down a little bit. And I can if I lose ten times of the excess, I'm basically losing one one trade which I'm used to in my comfort zone. So this is how I basically control the, the condition not to lose money. The flexibility, I gave myself the permission to do whatever I want, guided the development of this strategy I do. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think you, you, you talked about an important point and that is you know, you know, when you're a beginner trader, you have a, you have rule sets. You want to follow rule sets. You want to get an understanding for what you're doing and all that yeah. other stuff. But as you become more and more advanced as a trader, uh, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people are going to step out. And I think it's important that you know what you want. And and you and you yeah. said said that earlier. If you know what you want to accomplish with your option strategy, and you want to be realistic about it, realizing that hey, there's going to be some losing scenarios. And but but you know what you want. You know if you know that, then you can set up option structures to do that. 
as long as you know what you want. And, and I think a lot of the challenges is people, they don't really know what they want with the trade to do. So yes. they, have, they have confusion on what to do with it. And I think that's an important point. Also, a big part of it is how you look at the market. You have to have, or I, I think I have to have market opinion or some, some aim for the strategy. Because if I know what I'm playing for, I know when to adjust. I know if the strategy is suitable or not. It just the, having opinion. I know people say, "Oh, don't have opinion. You shouldn't have a view. You don't know what the market will do." Doesn't matter what the market will do. You need to have something you built a strategy towards. Or uh, if I said correctly, you, you need to have something to put a strategy in, like in in the direction of the market. It could right. be just flowing 200 moving average or could be any structure. It doesn't matter if it works out or not, but you will know if you tried a specific uh, setup. You will know if the position, if the strategy you have in options, if the, the structure uh, you created, if it's viable or not. Yeah, so I think maybe what you're trying to say or, or, or trying to lead to, and, and I agree with you fully, or maybe I'll add this to uh, what you're saying, is any time a trader applies a strategy to the market, even if they say they're completely non-subjective and they have no opinion, the reality is that they do actually have an opinion. They have an, the opinion they have is the trade they use. So, yes. you know, if you're using a bearish butterfly every month because you're because you don't don't have an opinion, that trading strategy has its losing scenarios, it has its winning scenarios where it makes a lot of money, and that's going to be true for any strategy, regardless of what it is. I don't care if it's a rhino or a space yeah. trip trade or whatever. They all have that. <laughs> so, so you're so you're always you always have your opinion. You're you're yeah. you're, you're you're stating an opinion with the trade you're trading. So you that's know, right. Yeah, you said it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so I think I think that's important. Okay, so maybe some advice you can give some struggling traders. Uh, the advice I would give: I found success in being able to trade in the flow, and I know that people tell you trading should be boring. You know, trading shouldn't be boring. Trading should be joyful. You know, if you mm. you can't go to trading in the flow if you're not joyful. If somebody tell me, oh, trading should be boring, you know. No, trading should not be boring. Trading should be joyful for you. The entire process should be joyful. If you if your trading is boring, don't do it. Do do something else. You know, if you do it for the money, you can joyfully spend money. Uh, I mean, earn money somewhere in a, in different ways. You know, trading definitely should not be boring. Should be joyful. I love that. Bring on yeah. the joy. Bring, Bring on, on the joy. It's, <laughs> That's what life is all about, after all, right? If you're in a job yeah. that's, if you're gonna do trading for a living, you know, you want it to be joyful. If you're in a job that's yeah. boring, do you want to stay yeah. in that job? Do you want to do it? Are you gonna be good at it? No. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna be good yeah. at a job if you enjoy it. So I think that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. For example, if you achieve your goals, say so, you say I achieved my goal, you know, but how did you get there? Was it joyful process? If it wasn't, then you have not achieved any goals. You just wasted every I goal just, and the success you mm -hmm. achieve. If it's not joyful, it's it's not worth it. So uh, try joyfully. 
I agree with you 100%. I just did a recorded a trading performance podcast today, and yeah. the one I and, and and the topic was that you know people they decide they want to trade because they are looking for freedom, they're looking for security, looking to for happiness, right? With their life, they want to trade and make money so that they can be happy, and then they go and they do this job of trading, and they do it in a way where it's really stressful and yeah. they're and they're stuck in front of the computer all day and they feel compelled to always look at the market and all this other stuff and they're, it's like they're leading the life they don't want to lead through their trading <laughs> <laughs> so yeah make i agree with you make trading joyful that is fantastic yeah. make it joyful well, make it well it's the, it's the it's a crucial ingredient to to try in the flow now this one get very crazy now can am i allowed to get a little crazy it's a christmas party it's Can a, I get crazy? Th yeah. This is a crazy day. Let's get crazy. Yes. <laughs> All right, people. If you listen to this, you need a drink because uh, I will, we will not understand probably what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Go get your favorite ramen coke, whatever. Eggnog. You eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll like talk about uh, John. You are expert on uh, on success. You study in success. You're the professional. Basically, trying in a flow is a uh, it's a mindset, or it's a, is it a spiritual process, or what is it trading in the flow? Well, trading in the flow is going to have to do with basically doing something that you know and yeah. being completely absorbed in the process. So in yeah. order to be in the flow, you have to have experience doing what you're doing. Uh, yes. You have to have a clear goal, and you have to be focused yes. and absorbed in the process of accomplishing that goal without focusing necessarily on the result. So focusing on the process, that's how you're going to be in the flow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so let's go back to it. So that domain knowledge is, is the key here, right? Yes. We have to have domain knowledge. Without domain knowledge, we absolutely have no idea what to do. Domain knowledge is the must and you know everybody who is listening to this and wants to learn about trading you are the provider of the domain knowledge you are the greatest source I haven't found anywhere on the internet uh, what you do I, do, I really didn't honestly I search and I'm still searching I haven't found on internet the domain knowledge people can learn for market neutral option trading so uh -huh. for me the trading in the flow also means when every cell in my body knows in the moment of the moment of right now what to do. The, the right now moment is very important. It's not the moment yesterday or tomorrow. The moment right. of right now. So we identify the domain knowledge. We have to identify the moment of right now because in the moment of right now we are responding. What responding means is responding just the word responding, respondability. Oh, I know I've got my little girl here. Sorry. Can, Hello. She just wake up. <laughs> my little my little awesome. angel for wake up. <laughs> Say hello. Hello. All right, Bella. All right. Oh, she's gonna sit on my laps and we're gonna talk together. Awesome. So what response brings response brings responsibility. Okay? You can be responsible if you don't know how you're responding. It's a part of control, right? Without control, how can I be responsible? for the way I'm responding. Right. I, I think part of it is, yeah, I mean, you, you, you're responsible for, deal, for dealing with the stuff that you can control in the best way possible, 
and yeah. also responsible for letting go of what you can't control. Yeah, that's right. So here we go about the freedom, okay? Bit of freedom can be become a little control. We don't have control if we don't have freedom of choice. Now, freedom ignites creativity, you know? And creativity is a window to joy. And all, all these little steps really leads to trading in the flow for me. And I don't know, this is absolutely crazy, but this is something I've done this year. Uh, I've been honestly feeling, yes, I'm trading in the flow. And in the state, I was able to make the best decisions, not only in trading, but in my life, in my life generally as well. Yeah. Trading in the flow is the biggest success uh, I think I have achieved this year. Yeah, no, that that is awesome, and I think I think what you say is right. If you, if you feel stressful, if a trader is feeling stressful and he's watching his profit and loss and is glued to the screen, in our longer term trades that we have, then that's a sign that the person is not in the flow. He's out of the flow. Um, yeah. Thinking of you know just thinking of results. You know, in in sports we call that choking, when somebody yeah, yeah. you get golf or something. And he's so and he gets really focused on the he gets really focused on the ball. We call that choking. It yeah. pulls him out of the, yeah. the. As soon as you start looking into the future and the past, like you said, it pulls yeah. you right out of the zone. You have to yeah. think about the present. What's the best process I can be doing right now? And enjoy it and creativity. Great. Yeah. One thing: how to get out of the flow is, is is when I start judging. Like if if I catch myself, oh, this is good. Oh, this is bad. Once once I start attaching myself. So judgment thoughts, uh, I'm, I fall out of the state of flow. It just it doesn't work in a. Well, in, instead in of judgment. focusing on the process, you're you're, you're yeah. focusing on what you did wrong, which is that's yeah. in the past. Again, you know, yeah. you're, like you said, you're focusing back on the past again. Get back to the present. As soon as you're judging yourself, you're focusing on the past. The thing is, what can I do right now? Awesome. That is some fantastic advice. And is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, what I like? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'd like to share this quote from Sadhguru. Do you know Sadhguru? Know who he is? Yes, I do believe I do know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. So this is his quote. If you understand that desire is an endless process, it's a game you can play joyfully. And I absolutely, you know, I, I, I love this guy. I follow him a lot on a on the internet, on a mm -hmm. YouTube channel and stuff. And I also participate in the engineering course which he provides and I'd like to share this uh, with you guys you know trading is a 90% psychology or mindset and this this is the resource which really put me on I believe on the right track so if anyone's interested uh, just have a look check it out yeah, that's, like you said, there is a huge, huge component of uh, psychology in trading, which is why I tend to focus on it a lot. And there are a lot of resources out there that can help you yeah. with that. Uh, it's fantastic if you can if you can uh, you know, get some of those resources and, and just get your mind straight, get some inner peace going on so that you can trade in the flow. Thank you for joining us here. And, uh, and like I said, then thanks for doing the special recording. Hopefully you get a chance to watch the whole party when the recording. Yes, I would love to. Definitely would love to. <laughs> and as always, stay in touch. We love to hear of your success. And uh, you know, when we're here to help you with the challenges. So thank, thank you, for John, for up. all your work you do and sharing. You're, you're, you're get very it, guys. Well. I appreciate you, whatever you do. Thank you very much. And have a great Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you. You too.
All right, so that was Yaroslav, and one of the things I'd like you guys to notice is that we have so many different points of view. We have people who, you know, say, I want to trade completely by the rules. We have people who say you have to be subjective and you have to have an opinion. Uh, we have diff all kinds of different types of strategies and things like that, but I would like you to notice the one thing that everybody has in common who is being successful as, trader, as traders, and that is the mindset component of trading. And I've, I say this over and over again, the, um, the actual trade that you use is probably the least important aspect in determining how successful you are going to be as a trader. Uh, it's more important to learn how to trade, learn to how to make good decisions, and then uh, go from there. All right, we have one more person here. We have Tano. He is a part-time options trader, and he was successful options trader recently, November 2019. And let's see if we can get him on and see what he has to say. Hey, Tano. Hey, how are you, John? Good, how are you? Good. Good to talk to you again. Yes, yes. Awesome. Awesome. To get going, why don't we just maybe give you a little background about yourself and we'll uh, sure. go from there. So I, I trade part-time and I've been trading options since about the mid-2000s or so, but I've been trading more the income style, the, I would say more since about 2013 or so. I primarily trade the Russell 2000, mm -hmm. and currently I mainly trade the bearish butterfly, and I hedge the upside with by selling some puts in the rut. Okay, how how long have you been doing that uh, strategy for? A, about a year and a half. A little over a year and a half is when I started that structure. So how's that been working for you this year? Because it's, it's been a very, we've had some really aggressive up moves this year. It has. This year has been better for me than last. I was trying to find my, my position size and my hedging ratios and, and all of that a little bit last year. So this year has not been too bad. I'm, I'm positive for the year. I'm having a decent year. Uh, it was a lot better 60, 70 points ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> this this last move, um, the last couple of weeks hasn't helped. Yeah, well, it's been, I think the last two years, like I know a lot of people go in and they do a lot of back testing and so forth, but the last two years of, uh, you know, 2018, 2019, it's been, they've been a little bit different than they have been in the past and it's been a little more challenging. What do you think? I mean, at least in my opinion it, or what I've seen. It has a... Uh, Especially one of the big things I've learned this year is volatility and how and, and just understanding how that affects our positions and, um, you know, how we really trade volatility more than price movements, I think. Especially like the last, this range that we've had in the last two weeks, you know, it's only a 60, 70 point range and usually, you know, a bearish butterfly can handle that. But because volatility has kind of risen along the, the, the same time, that's made it much harder. Yeah. You know, I think like in early 2008, we experienced that, too, not 2008, but 2018. Uh, we had the same thing, up, up moving right. markets with rising implied volatility. And that's, I mean, the analytical models just don't represent that properly, do they? 
Right. That's definitely been a challenge. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So as far as wins though, what's 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 been your biggest win for the year? As far as you know, not necessarily in a position, but maybe in a position. I don't know. Uh, but as far as learnings or stuff like that. So the the beginning part of the year, we had that big run up because of the big drop October through December of last year, and because volatility was collapsing while the market was rising. I was doing okay. And then the middle part of the year, when we've been range bound has been great. And then in the last, from October onwards, it's been a little rocky again. So. Yeah, and, and you know, I think when we, I mean, we're not doing directional trading per se, right? We're, we're right. supposedly non-directional or neutral. And if you're neutral, that implies you make, you know, we make money when the market doesn't move. So. When we're having right. those huge, huge moves, I mean, it, you have to have some expectation it's going to maybe give you a little bit of a hard time. Yeah, and I, I generally lean a little shorter. I, I, you know, the bearish butterfly is obviously short deltas, and I don't always have a put sold on there to hedge the upside. So I'm, I'm leaning short, and that's, you know, been a drag all year. I've been kind of biking uphill all year with that. And then in volatility, uh, that's kind of a double whammy at, at times. But that's that's how I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable staying slightly short deltas and not, not being fully neutral. Right, and that will pay off at some point. I think a lot of traders right. are slightly positive deltas or, or, or completely flat. And again, there's periods of time when that pays off and there's periods right. when it doesn't. So. Right. That's great. So any good lessons this year? Well, again, just seeing the importance of volatility is something I've learned. Um, my position sizing has been um, much better. That's something I've learned through kind of trial and error. And what do you mean by position sizing? How, how does that, how so, do you mean? So just learning to size positions based on, you know, what kind of max loss you're willing to take on that on that trade or that position, you know, rather than a couple of years ago, I would just come up with, well, I've got 50,000, so that's what I'm going to trade or whatever the number is. So being smarter with sizing things based well, on what you're willing to lose. That's a fantastic point. Yeah. Cause um, I think, I guess we see that, right? I mean, you can, cause you can do a $50,000 trade and risk $50,000 or you can do a $50,000 trade and risk $5,000 and just because right. you have 50,000 doesn't mean you should be trading 50,000. <laughs> right. One of, one of my goals this year was also to, uh, to be more patient and also that would lead to adjusting less frequently and trading less. So I've done that and that's helped, you know, I've traded less and I'm making more. So that's great. <laughs> Um, and it's also helped psychologically too, to be more patient and, and not, uh, kind of be trigger happy on adjustments and let the trade, you know, do what it, what it needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. Another, I think it's important, especially when your gamma starts to get high. Uh, right. 
it's important not to get too active. Yeah. Um, so, do you have anything new that you're tr you're looking at implementing in 2020? So, for next year, I I want to have, you know, in the past I've I haven't actively traded the rock strategy. Okay. Uh, I have traded the M3, but I want to, you know, kind of incorporate that um, kind of the M21 is what that would come down to just using the bearish butterfly the rock and the m3 interchangeably and and doing some of that um and then i'm also i've been working on nothing new but just like a brokering butterfly like a 60 40 kind of brokering butterfly but i've been working on coming up with some guidelines for adjustments and back testing it and I may do some of that, shift into some of that. I still kind of think short deltas, but a little probably closer to neutral. Okay. So those are two things I want to. So when you do the 60-40 broken wing butterfly, just to, mm -hmm. out of curiosity, what okay. type of adjustment strategy are you looking at? Are you doing like a scaling in like a bearish butterfly or, or some other? Right. Right, so I would enter kind of one-third my size um, with the shorts around 20 points below. And then, um, you know, do nothing if the market sits or goes lower. If I, if I go 10 points below the short strike, I roll the whole thing back. Um, but on an up move, I would, I'm scaling in. So if we go up 40 points above the shorts, um, to do another trench, um, I'm still still back testing. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, this is the way we this is the way we start, yeah. right? We back test stuff, and we kind of get an idea of how things react and see if it's yeah, that's right. awesome. And, and then the upside adjustments would be just rolling in the upper long puts mm -hmm. and controlling the capital in the trade by bringing in the lower wings. Sure. Um, and again, the whole the back testing, the thing is, it's you know, I'm not you're not doing that just to see how much money would you know would this trade have made, but you're doing it to um, uh, just get a feel for how the trade moves with with volatility and time and price. Excellent. So, yeah. Yep, and that's that's what we do. That's awesome. So, if you had uh, one piece of advice you could give a struggling or aspiring trader, uh, what do you think that might be? Um, so, about a month ago, I did uh, a webinar with you on mm -hmm. uh, seven lessons I'd learned just on the successful options trader of the month. So, I would those are some of the lessons I've learned, and those are the same lessons I would tell somebody just starting out. You know, stay okay. small, um, you know, size your positions based on your max loss, back test, uh, journal a lot, keep, you know, keep track of your deltas and, and what's going on and look, go back and look at it and get a feel for what's going on behind the scenes. Um, but just, yeah, um, staying small would kind of be the main big thing. I think that a lot of people tend to yep. trade too big. 
Yeah, I think and I think that's the root cause of a lot of psychological problems. And trading's really almost eighty percent psychological. So right, there you go. right. Yeah. So um, yeah, those would be the main kind of the advice to start out. Awesome, awesome. So you're a, a Go member, right? For uh, like. Am I correct with that? Yes, correct. Yeah. How has the uh, lock options community helped or supported you? It's been extremely helpful. I've been, um, even before the Go membership, I uh, have been pretty much on the website for many, many years. But the Monday morning webinars helped tremendously. Um, going back and looking at some of the successful option trader series, um, the fact that everything's archived is awesome. Uh, the trade logs for the for the trades for Monday morning. I mean, this it's been very, very, very useful, um, and everything's there from the past to to go and look up. Well, that's that's awesome. been great. Yeah. Awesome. Now, um, do you have one resource that maybe you would like to share, a book, a course, a podcast, a website, anything that uh, was inspirational to you this year? Well, definitely for anyone new, your website is, I would obviously highly recommend that. And I know you have various stages and levels that you put people through. So that's very valuable information. Um, some, I don't really have any books or anything. Another site that um, there's a website called Tasty Trade that has financial content and and uh, and that's all free. So um, you know anything that's free that's that has people talking our language and trading the way we trade is a good resource. Sure. Uh, just, just to learn the language and you you know not everything is necessarily. Good, but even to see the bad stuff is there's lessons to be learned there too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one of the funny things I think, or, or you know, as you know, we have live events once every mm -hmm. one or one to two years, and the people love to come out to them because they say, you know, this is the only place I can go where we can actually meet with and talk with people who can speak our own language. Because right, know, <laughs> you tell people you work in trading and they say oh well, you know how's apple doing you know and it's like well well no we don't right. trade that way and they completely don't get it so. <laughs> right right yeah yeah so, um, so that's awesome Did you something else you're yeah. gonna say no I, I was just saying besides like when i you know my core position is on the russell but i'll also trade just strangles on stocks and stuff like that and so a site like tasty trade that's a lot of their focus on on trading, uh, you know, they may not trade the large index products, um, so it's a different, different style. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll trade some strangles on Apple, or I try to stick with ETFs or large cap stocks like Apple. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, you can fool around with that yeah. type of stuff. And yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Awesome. Well, well, thank yeah. you for thanks for being on. And uh, you, do you celebrate Christmas? I do. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. In that case, we'll have a Merry Christmas and a fantastic New Year. And I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to 2020. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me on. And yeah, Merry Christmas to you and Sherry and the team. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for your help and your time along the way.
Well, you're very welcome. That's why we're here. Thank you, Tano. Awesome. Thanks, John. See you. See you later. All right, and that was Tano, and that is the last of our guests at the party today. I hope everybody enjoyed themselves, and you know, my wish for you is that you gain the ability to intently focus on the things that you can control, and that you learn the ability to accept and let go of the elements of trading that you cannot control, and of course, that you find the knowledge to know the difference. And I'd like to extend my best wishes to you for a healthy, happy, and profitable new year. Thank you for joining us at our party, everyone. So until next year, have an awesome amount of success. Bye now.